the Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night. All day. I don't know why we have to have the music, but we do. I like it. Otherwise, it doesn't. We've done it without the music several times. We just get fucking crazy, and we just go. We said, you know, let's do the least produced version of this possible, with no professionalism attached to it. Just anyway. <laughs> Which would be hard. You guys, you guys run a tight ship here. You got to go with your right name, dude. You got to go with oh, the, the man. Yeah, you got to go with that. I fuck all these these silly people that can't say that. Learn how to say that. Oh, onion. Well, That's I I'll awesome. tell you the uh, well. I mean, my father. So my father was born in the states. Both of his parents uh, had were, were part of the generation that came over. So my dad pronounces it Ohanian as well. So, but I'll tell you this. <sighs> I, I'll tell you what I own. See that first name, <laughs> Alexis. You never call me Alex. Oh, okay. I, I like that. You grew up as a little pudgy kid named Alexis, and you learn real <laughs> quick to own that name. Oh, that's awesome. Because I was I was born in in eighty three, and my father named me after a boxer, uh, Alexis Arguello, this Nicaraguan fighter. I know exactly who he is. That's I got to see him after. fight live. Serious? Yeah, yeah. I got to see him fight live a long time ago. Me and my friend Jimmy Lawless, we went down to, I think it was in Lowell, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. We saw Alexis Arguello live, and we saw Mickey Ward live before he became famous. You should have brought my father. What am I doing here? Oh, it was Ugh. awesome. It was awesome. In Lowell. It was yeah. fucking great. Lowell, Massachusetts. Which is where Mickey Ward was from, so when he went out oh, there, everybody went crazy. Crowd. Yeah, I got to see him when he was an up-and-coming contender huh. live. But see, seeing Arguello, that's... My pop, he showed me, he has, he has a, an entire closet full of vhs tapes of his fights wow. which i keep telling him he needs to do something about. That is, <laughs> digitize now, but now i just go on youtube and i yeah. got a quick or quick query and um he had a he had a wonderful mustache an amazing left jab and that combination well alexis aguero was awesome his straight right hand was a, a work of art mm-hmm. and was, a gentleman yeah a really really good guy like a real man a real man's man so that's he, that was my namesake. Yeah. He died young, right? Didn't he? He did. It was a, a suicide. suicide? It, if you, oh. if, I've talked to Nicaraguans about this, and there, you know, he got very involved politically yeah. after his fighting days, and there are a lot of people who believe there was more to that story. No than way, just man! That never but, happens. Nobody ever kills anybody and tries to make it look like a suicide. It's never happened, bro. <laughs> it's been snoped. <laughs> Have you ever snoped it? <laughs> I love my snopes. I love snopes yeah. too. Snopes end a lot of stupid fucking arguments. <laughs> I always thought it was snoops. Real quick. This is one of the advantages Call of the snoops. interwebs. I know what you mean. Isn't that like they're snooping for the facts? No, I, no. I think it's snopes. Like I think. Snope. Yeah. yeah. If it was snoops, it would have two O's. You, you could probably check snopes for English speaking <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> if the English language wasn't so goofy and there wasn't any weird exceptions like that, it would be so easy to shit on you right now. But there's a lot of ones that don't make any it's a, sense. It's a pretty fucked up language. Yeah. This is very bizarre. And it's more bizarre when you're working with, you know, words like Ohanian. I know, man. You know, it's like <laughs> it fits it. Or, you know, that's one of the reasons why you got to give Schwarzenegger his props. That's a bold owned goddamn it. move. The owned guy it. owned Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Arnold. Yeah. And yeah. Arnold, too. Arnold is fucking, that's the kid from Different Strokes, you know? I mean, oh. it's not the manliest, most manly bodybuilder ever. He made it, though. Fuck yeah, he did. See, see, Arnold, uh, definitely, uh, definitely a fighter. I, I know I'm not. I, I, I didn't fulfill my father's prophecy of me being a, a boxer. Instead, I guess I'm, a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. That's well, what I tell myself, you figured your own path out, sir. <laughs> thank and goodness, thank God for computers. You uh, don't have to be a fighter like in the physical form. Obviously, mm-hmm. you figured out a way to succeed. You figured out some cool shit. For sure. I mean, that's what everybody admired about Alexis Arguello was the same thing that anybody admires about anybody who is involved in the creation of something cool. And you're involved in the creation of the coolest fucking website on the internet. I you're, certainly You're like involved to think so. in Reddit. Yeah. You can't get a better hub of information. Like when new things, innovation, 
Mm-hmm. A lot of gossipy bullshit, too, oh, yeah. but that's people. It's that's the what internet. we do. It's people. That's yeah. what we do as people. We like to talk shit. But other than that, I mean, the, the, the resource, if anything is going down anywhere in the world at any time, you can pretty much find it at Reddit. Yeah. And it gets verified, the vote-up system, mm-hmm. like good posts rise to the top, bad mm-hmm. posts fall down. It's such a smart, cool thing. And really the model, I think, for like online discourse, when it comes to like message board type discourse, mm-hmm. I think you guys are the model, you know? We, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> when Steve, Steve Huffman, my co-founder, and I started this thing, we were in a little apartment in Medford, Massachusetts. I lived in Medford. In Medford. We were on 72. I feel bad for whoever lives there now. Can I say that? No, don't say it. Definitely right. not. <laughs> but it's People in... Go, Fuck, no. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, okay, yeah well, it's on fucking, you know, whatever. What's with the questions? But the... Uh, I'm in Medford. Medford. Yeah, and it was, it was a great... We had just graduated from college, just graduated at UVA, went up to Boston. We raised 12 grand from Y Combinator. Uh, which would go on to invest in like Dropbox, Airbnb, and and Reddit. Um, and with twelve grand in the bank, we worked our asses off for three months in that little apartment and built Reddit. And wow. it's to be a top fifty website now, hundred fifty million people a month. It's crazy. It's crazy. I love hearing shit like that. It's crazy. <sighs> and that's so the, that's, cool. That's the American dream, man. That is we the were, American dream. One hundred percent. Nerds with 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 twelve grand in the bank total. We just we just worked with a couple of laptops, no connections, and 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 you know. Well, what's the American dream, right? I mean, the American dream where your parents. Somewhere in their past, they're either their parents or mm-hmm. their parents' parents were came from over from Armenia. Oh yeah, yeah. My for one reason, fled the genocide. So what year was this? We're talking about the early 1900s. In, yeah. So 1915 was when it got started. If you want to get really real, so my birthday is April 24th, which mm-hmm. is the Remembrance Day of oh, the genocide. Wow. So like, I'm so I'm half Armenian. On my father's side, I'm full on Armenian. On my mother's side. I'm full on German. She actually immigrated. She was fresh off the boat from Deutschland. Wow! So it's a really interesting 20th century. Dude, uh, your DNA has family. gone through some shit. Yeah, it's it's, it's a about range. those two. Yeah, and uh, and I feel like having. I mean, right there. Yeah, f- certainly from the Armenian side. You know, they came out of survival. My mom actually came for love to marry my dad. Very Aww. romantic. Um, but but both of them, right? She, you know, he, the reality was um, leaving her life. She was on track to be like a pharmacist in Germany, but coming to the states, she was just an ignorant, like degreeless uh, immigrant, right? In quote unquote. Um, and so she worked jobs that she had to work just because it was paying the bills. Like she worked as an au pair. She worked in. I'm so incredibly like proud of what she did to leave a life behind, a comfortable, great life in Germany to start fresh here. Um, and then obviously my father's family, like. You know, when you grow up with a bunch of Armenians, you know real quick how lucky you are to have that sort of genetic lottery of being born here instead of over there. Yeah, I didn't, I was totally ignorant to uh, the the genocide um, until uh, I was interviewing a fighter, Manny Gambirian, after one of his fights. Mm -hmm. And um, he was dedicating his victory to the the victims of the uh, Armenian genocide. And he was like trying to bring awareness to it. And I was like, wow. Good for him. And yeah, oh, he's very proud Armenian. So I had to look it up and find out what it was all about. But that's one of those ones that you you don't hear about too Mm -hmm. much. Another horrific event. In no. human history, it is uh, it is certainly re- really unspoken, and I I'm trying to think. I discovered System of a Down because I was listening to 98 Rock back in uh, Maryland, and I heard Serge talking about the genocide, and I was like, "Who is on a rock station talking about the Armenian genocide?" And I'm like, "Oh, Armenian rock band." Isn't it crazy how one event like that can make 
I mean, it's not that Armenians wouldn't be uh, have like nationalistic pride or pride of origin before that, but that one event has everybody bonded together so much more, and especially because a lot of folks don't even know about the Armenian genocide. It is, and I was a history major too in school, so I've, I've thought a lot about this. Um, I th- and it's partially because it is unrecognized in Turkey and even here in the U.S. on a national level, but it's this. It, I, I think it's the fact that it's still this open wound, and it seems. It may seem moot. Like, I understand. The people who committed this are long dead. Right. Um, but it's, I think it has such an effect on the psyche because we're all like, well, hold on. This, like, they're, to deny the existence that this thing happened is, is so incredibly offensive because it's not doing justice to all the people we know. It's we crazy lost. that we're having this conversation because just 17 hours ago, the U.S. Mm-hmm. Senate committee passed an Armenian genocide resolution. Seriously? Yep. So it's still got to go. Still have to go to the house, or did it already? It says I, I don't know how it works. I'm kind of ignorant. Uh, I mean, but I'm... it says twelve senators voted for the resolution. Hmm. I feel like when I when I have to pay attention to how the government works as far as like senators and congressmen and representatives, I get angry. It hurts. And so I, oh, I just I just shut it off. I don't want to know uh, who has to go to who. You uh, know why? Because your system sucks. It's broken. This is such a donkey ass old king system. <laughs> Even people are riding fucking horses and hurling bows and arrows at each other. This fucking system. Systems retarded. Yeah. So you make me know who is it? Well, it has to go through the house, and the house passes the senator. The senator must pass muster. The fuck out of here! It's and it, dumb. And it is. Uh, it has been so co-opted. Oh, uh, by a by beyond. money, and 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 it's it's frustrating. It is. And and I am an optimist. Don't get me wrong. I still I think the internet. I mean, the reason the reason in part I wrote the book. The reason I campaigned against Sopa Pippa was I really believe the internet can be a way for us to get the government that we deserve. I completely agree. Uh, it's just it's a process, and there's a lot of a lot of shit to get through. In the meantime. Well, I think what the process really is is in cha- changing the way people's minds operate, and I think that that process, without a doubt, has already begun. I think kids of today. I'm 46 years old, so anyone who's uh, in their 20s, I guess, would mm-hmm. I'd be talking about kids of today. They're men, but they're kids. They are so much more advanced than I ever was when I was at that age. Than I, I was. I was a fucking monkey. I knew nothing. <laughs> I knew neighborhood, couple books, uh, you know, CNN news every now and then. I knew nothing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. And it is, I, I visited 77 universities on the tour and it makes me, makes me jealous. Frankly, it makes me very hopeful too. But you're but a like, part of it, these man. Kids, yeah, but but look, this is like these kids grew up. Like I, I remember getting that modem. I had a thirty-three-six in middle school. I remember getting my first PC. It was a four-eighty-six SX. My parents. I was lucky enough to get that when I got it in middle school. Right. My parents didn't have a ton of money, but, and they didn't know shit about technology, but they knew enough, and I got that chance, and that has provided everything for me. But there are kids coming up today who, by and large, have known this technology from jump. And they've known, they, have, they don't even know what a dial-up sounds like. That's insane. Uh, and so they think of knowledge as being something in real time. Like, like you were saying earlier, you know, we, we're, we're sort of developing this attitude of like, oh, right, we can go seek out this information. We can squelch gossip on Snopes, or we can go learn how to do, we can learn string theory on Khan Academy. But this generation coming up, they just un- they take it for granted because they just know oh I have a problem or I need to figure something out or I want to create something and share it like the internet uh, and that's how that's how all of us got to learn the programming languages that helped us build things like Reddit but it's helping filmmakers right now it's helping artists it's helping photographers it's helping comedians right like think of the wealth of knowledge that the up and coming comic now has to learn from to look to share like 
It's yeah, amazing. the amount of re- the the resource of just finding things to talk about. As like, long as they don't mencia it, though, can't <laughs> can't do that. It's horrible. That's a verb now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the but the like the the amount of internet like uh, internet websites, internet search engines, amount of uh, social media networks, whether it's Facebook or Twitter. The, the just a sheer amount of funny stories that are coming your way as a comic today. Yeah. It's like if you can't write new material, it's like you're just Give not up. paying attention. Yeah. It's not like the old days we had to wait for shit to happen. You know, you're living in mm-hmm. fucking Pennsylvania and just looking left and look. Come on, I need something to talk about. Like now, yeah. all you have to do, you go online. It's like it's constant. It's Dude, overflowing. It kind of sucks though because then the same comics are also looking at the same news story and uh, writing jokes about that. That's totally gonna happen. That's totally gonna happen without a doubt. Like uh, I was doing something about almond milk and somebody uh let me know on the podcast that what's his face um lewis black has a great hunk on soy milk it's basically the same joke and uh like you find that out because the internet too but you that the good thing is you you, like i wouldn't have known that unless i then i would like that joke could have made it into my arsenal and then i wouldn't have even known that lewis black had it and then you know it'd be I would be accused of plagiarism, and I would feel stupid. Can you change almond milk to something else? Like I don't know. It's wash? not important. It's it's a, a tiny part of the bit, but because of the internet, I know all this. And and think about it this way, right? Like the the speed with which you can learn shit. This is this brings everyone up. Like it forces us. This is I and mean, we see this in tech all the time. Um, just because of the nature of writing code and creating applications, you know, competition is, this is as efficient as it gets. There's new stuff coming out every day and it forces you to stay up and to be innovating and to be pushing. And now I think of it as there are so many more in this instance, like comics who are connected, who are watching, who, who are seeing what someone is doing. And they're like, all right, like, I'm not going to take that joke, but now I just got to, I have to, I have to push harder, faster. And on the whole, I think we all benefit because we'll get better jokes well, human beings man. will benefit this the, the artistic expression will benefit yeah. the, the real problem with plagiarism whether it's in that or blogs you see it in blogs a lot mm-hmm. and i mean people still are getting busted for it yeah remember there Rightfully was so yeah absolutely but the the difference between the mindset is what's really important like the the the, the guy who's an actual writer the guy who or the girl who's an actual writer the girl who's an actual comic mm-hmm. what they're trying to do is figure shit out and they're trying to find ridiculous points and things and then make funny observations about those points if you're just copying stuff then you're not exercising whatever it is that tunes you into those ideas mm-hmm. in the first place so that you're lost when you're done if you you yeah. get busted stealing jokes and then you have to write your own. You're like, holy shit. Like, I don't even know how to do this. Like, yeah. you're like an open micer. That's why you see, like, hmm. the guys have been accused of plagiarism. There's this, like, high period in their careers and then this massive drop-off where you look at it and you go, oh, my God. Like, who the Gone. fuck is writing this? Like, this isn't funny at all. <laughs> like, yeah. you went from being this guy with these really funny points to this monkey with dog shit coming out of your mouth. And what, what is that Which from? could be the act. Maybe yeah, it could, could it's a good act. It's probably better than your jokes. But <laughs> it's because they never really did it in the first place. Yeah. They were just stealing. Yeah. And that, that mindset, they seem to be mutually exclusive. Like mm-hmm. people who are really creative are almost never the type of person that would even think about plagiarizing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fascinating how it's a... But something like Reddit exposes mm-hmm. that. Quick, like this, I found out about Pretty this. Quick. Found about this on Twitter, but... The, just social media, just the, the ability to communicate with the people. It's yeah. just, it's unprecedented. And, and I, you have to, I mean, in, in 05, two of us in a little apartment, there's no Twitter, there's no Tumblr. Facebook is still in colleges. It's still in like elite colleges back then. Wow. It was a different world, but 
and to give credit words too, I mean, I, I really, I do believe we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. Um, also not my quote, but like, you know, the message board, right? That's nothing new, right? There we had message boards. I ran a message board in college uh, forum, um, you know, before that. When did they come out? Like what was the first year of the message board? Ah, uh, well, I mean, really early internet, you've got BBS systems, um, You've got, I mean, they're, they're like the forum Usenet, you've got forum, like basic forum software where someone creates an account, usually with like a pseudonym, right? They create an account, they post a link or they have a discussion. This stuff, this stuff is as old as the internet, as the World Wide Web. What, what Steve and I got right was we adapted it, modernized it a bit because we let people, you know, at large upvote or downvote. Um, and, and essentially, I mean, I hate to simplify it that much, but Reddit is like a next generation forum platform. And then what we realized that dig and all the dig clones didn't realize was that they were just one front page. We knew if we were going to win, we would have to be a platform for communities. Dig was a platform for a community, right? The front page would only have so much stuff on it, but we knew, you know, Steve and I knew that, yeah, we had a, you know, there were things we were interested in, right? We're interested in technology. We're interested in the Redskins. We're interested in like just football, like we might have a certain audience, um, but what's going to make this work is if anyone who has a particular community or a following, whether you love My Little Pony and want to create a, a Reddit about that, a subreddit, which there are lots, or you want to create about your favorite team, or you want to create about your favorite TV show, or just about science, or asking questions about science, Ask Science, an amazing sub. All these things exist because we knew this has to be a platform. Just like Twitter is a platform for individuals, this would be a platform for communities. It's just amazing that it's been able to be pulled off the way it is. The the vote up, vote down system is such a brilliant system because Steve, you're always going to have noise. You're always going to mm-hmm. have people that just want to make noise. You're always going to have people that just want to be twats. Mm-hmm. And now you can sort of at least, without censoring, you sort of just push that to the bottom. And it's not perfect. I th- I, I will argue, and, and this is all to it Steve's can be credit. Yeah, I mean, it, there is no perfect system. We constantly fight against ring voting, all that stuff. But um, Steve built a really smart system with a really smart hotness algorithm. And by the way, we're open source. So if you want that, go take it. It's, it's there. Um, and, and I think it is, for what it is, it's one of the best on the web. And I think that's why our content is so good. It used to be, right, we started with just people linking stuff out. The first link on Reddit, fun fact, was a submission I made to the Downing Street memo. Remember that? It was, it was showing this, this leaked memo during the run-up to the Iraq War. The English government kind of saying like, hey, we're going to drum up some you know, uh, support here to support America going into this war. And, um, anyway, it was my first submission and it was a link to another. Was that the proposed false flag event? Yes. It was, well, the, the, the notion being, we could pull this thing up. Um, the notion being that like, what's it called again? Uh, Downing Street memo. Downing Street memo. And so this was leaked out as basically an indication that the British government really wanted to help drum up support for (sighs) the war. I don't know how explicit it was. I don't recall if it was like an explicit, like, I guess they wouldn't call it a false flag thing in the memo, but <laughs> we're going to do a stunt. But there you yeah, what if they have like code words? Yeah. And then the Blueberry. big bad wolf says. <laughs> but this this was the first submission to Reddit, and it wasn't that new at the time. But I was just thinking, like, hey, what if we made, if this thing actually worked? Like, what would we want Reddit to be a place to like find and have people link to? And this seemed like the perfect thing, right? The internet enabled some person to put this image of a leaked document online and share to the world, right? A massive printing press. And uh, but what's crazy is we thought that's how it was going to always be. Maybe like three years in, some user, because users are fucking clever. Um, linked to 
a comments page. Like they knew when they hit submit what the link would be, like the number, the random number, we would, well, not quite random, the sequential number we would generate. And so they linked to it. What they effectively did was create a, a self-post, which is now a feature in the site. But basically, Reddit only used to let people link out to other sites. One user hacked it and learned you could just link to itself and create this amazing comment thread. So you wouldn't, you know, when you click on it, when you do an AMA, right, you're not creating something that links somewhere else, you're creating something that just creates a Reddit comment page. And what that user did by hacking the site was show that there was a tremendous value in just saying, hey, people, have a discussion about whatever it is. And today, I, I, I believe it's a little less than half of our like content is actually linking to Reddit. So it's actually, it's an AMA or it's an Ask Historians post or it's just people talking about shit. It's not even linking to other content on the internet. And we never could have seen that coming. Wow, that's awesome. And it was just the user being creative, uh, basically hacking our site to, you know, in the, <laughs> it, that, that word, we need to take back. Right. We need to take, take back, back that hack word. Take back hack make it a positive thing. Yeah, it's, you can life hack. You, and you see this, right? right? You can life hack. You can, you can body hack. You can basically find a, understand a system so well that you can find an optimal way to use it to your advantage. Yeah. That's it. That's hacking. It's not, it's not the, like, Angelina Jolie bagging on a keyboard hoodie and, like, doing evil. It can be. But it's it's a much more innocuous word. Yeah, it's it seems to have weird. It's it's got a combination of meanings. It's like some people use it in a negative way, but mm -hmm. some oh, people yeah. look use it in a positive way. Like, dude, I fucking hacked the system. Yeah. Like I, someone someone saying I hacked the system. That's that that's you know that's a, in a positive way. But oh, these hackers broke into this website and put dicks in everybody's picture. You know, like that's yeah, how that's we look at one. it. Yeah. We 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 also have this weird sort of connection to adolescence like adolescent pranks hacking mm -hmm. being some sort of an adolescent prankster type behavior which i don't think is fair either you know what it is and, and that's, a, that's an interesting point there are there's definitely the there's a there was a there has always been a spirit of like pranking yeah. in the hacker community like i'm talking o, like og hackers like mit bill the internet early like steve wozniak being an example mm -hmm. Um, and I think what's cool is there's that childlike wonder, like, cause I think a lot of that shit usually gets beaten out of us as we get older. Right. Um, especially in a lot of traditional industries and whatnot. And so I, I'd like to believe that that can even like be an excuse for people to think about stuff a little differently and think about stuff a little more like, let take, take, take things a less seriously, um, as part of that broader cultural yeah, it's, no, it's cool that there's a uh, prankster type thing uh, rather than an evil, vicious, yeah, mean type uh, thing. You know, like when they hack someone's and they put a smiley face on their front page <laughs> instead of, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, touch. it's kind of funny. You know, well, well, now we know that someone can hack into your page. I mean, in, in a way, it's probably good that you know that that's possible. Mm. Yeah. I mean, no. I, I don't encourage people to just go hack at anybody's website because it fucks up that person's day. But all in all overall you should be lucky that someone's doing that and that if they're doing it hopefully they're not stealing your credit card information yes. and doing it maliciously there's a whole i mean there we can i, mean, I can dig into this there, there's the so there's the white so the, like the white hat hacker is the quintessential like hey i found out there's a problem with your website right i'm not going to exploit it i'm just telling you so you right, need to right. fix it or hire me and fix it but, but usually just like and, and we had we've had white hat hackers um periodically emailing us with exploits on Reddit that have done us a huge service um, because they told us about this thing. We could, I mean, you, you can't possibly know every 
uh, no you can't it, you know yeah it's interesting man it's it's the the amount of information that's available now has got it so it's it's so the world is so wired mm-hmm. that it's like we're, we're standing in this crazy river of ideas that are just constantly flying by us and a few people are looking around poking their head up out of the water and just looking at each other going holy shit and the the internet is where it all sort of pools together. I mean, that's the channel for it all, and that's where it all pools together in places like Reddit or places like Twitter. All over. Where you just you think about how much you know now, how many things you've been exposed to now, how many strange bits of information, all the chaos that was caused by WikiLeaks and Edward Snowden and all this stuff. Where's all this coming from? Well, it's all on the internet. The internet is it just boom, boom. It's like these shots are being fired and these holes are being exploded into the system. And then, you know, there's a bunch of scrambling to try to put scaffolding up where the hole was and boom, another hole gets blown out of the fucking society standards. It and is it's weird. It is, it is probably a really scary time to be an incumbent. Uh, oh, yeah. But it's a great time to be an upstart. It's a great time to be someone who is trying to find a way to get their ideas to the world because there's never been a better time man. yeah there's never been a better time to be an honest politician <laughs> it's a good Dude, good move it would be and that's that's just it right that brings us like i i god i hope we get there because we need to i'm a big fan of the states and i think and we like, can evolve I, I really do it's just gonna take a lot it's just gonna take a lot of these old fucks getting out of office these people that have been yeah. doing it in a sneaky, dirty, underhanded way mm-hmm. since the jump. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's fucking people in office that were alive when Kennedy was assassinated. And they were they were like in government. And they're mm-hmm. still they're still involved. In yeah, I don't think it was supposed to be a career. Uh pretty sure pretty sure the founding fathers didn't want it to be a career. Yeah, gig. it was the exact opposite you know? of yeah, that. It was that's a service. What, that's one of the reasons why they wanted to put term limits. Yeah. They wanted to make sure that they don't get too much of a stranglehold on mm-hmm. how things operate. Because men just do that. Men are creepy fucks. When we get power, some of us, they get to positions of power like that, they just distort things to their advantage. And then you're stuck with lobbyists, and you're stuck with these Arlen Specter-type dudes and yeah. who's also involved Supporting. in the single bullet theory. He's one of those long-term... Oh, no. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He was the guy who came up with the idea. He huh. was the... That's like huh. when people say, the single bullet theory, you know, you're looking at it all wrong. Arlen Specter, motherfucker. That guy. That guy came up with it. That's how goofy that fucking idea was. Uh, One bullet went through two people and caused all this fucking damage in their body and barely, t- like, barely dented the bullet. The bullet looked beautiful. Little pieces of bullet in their bodies, nothing missing from the bullet. Whatever, whatever. This is a magic bullet. This is a single bullet. This is that Arlen Specter guy? Yeah. It was his idea. He had to come up with a reason why one bullet had done so much damage. People right now that are anti-Kennedy conspiracies theorists are going nuts right now, possibly even on Reddit. Rogan's such a fucking retard with his bullet theory. But that all came from our inspector. That all came from that sort of old school politician, those guys that had just been around and been a part of the system for just too long. I wonder if it's possible to do to, 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 I, I, I mean, I want to I be hopeful enough to think that there is a chance for someone to get into it for the right reasons and then be able to stay in it for the right reasons. There is. And not get... A lot of them probably... I mean, fuck, guys, guys like Arlen Specter, I'm sure, probably got into it for all the right reasons. But I think there's certain mm. systems that once you get into, you just look around and you go, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, it's just such a mess, a viper's nest that you're like, what? A-? When you're a young guy, it's like... 
Did you see the movie uh, Wolf of Wall Street? Of course. Yeah. Well, this I don't know how much of it was a, a hustle. You know what I mean? I mean, whenever you have a story and the guy who it's his life, it's based on this story. It's probably going to make him look a little bit nicer mm. than he was, a little bit more innocent in the beginning of the movie, but. Mm. It's that system where you see Leonardo DiCaprio. He starts out, he's a family man, he's a nice guy, he drinks water, he doesn't want to have anything to do with drugs, and he gets co-opted by the Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey hey, character, and then he becomes a part of this system that's fucked up, mm. and so he's a victim. He becomes uh, someone that you could sort of sympathize with. You know, how much of that is real? Yeah. That's... I, I definitely... I can only imagine, because uh, you got to figure, I mean, why someone gets into, I, that whole industry, actually the whole finance industry just blows my mind. Yeah, Because I, I really like, I really like uh, making things and doing things, and, and I just can't even wrap my head around getting into work every day and just <sighs> hustling like that. Well, it's a crazy way to live. Those yeah. guys are maniacs. Yeah. A guy I used to know that I, I grew up with, he uh, became a stockbroker, and he was a, he was a maniac. He was a maniac. And uh, all of a sudden, he's like, bro, we're fucking uh, selling stocks and shit. It's great. It's amazing. He was, he, I saw him in a bar wearing a, a suit mm-hmm. with a tie. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing with a suit <laughs> on? Like, he was an animal, this guy. And all of a sudden, he was a stockbroker. They're like yeah. maniacs, a lot of them. Uh, like yeah. wild, crazy, gambling, risking maniacs. They need to fix. I think you, yeah. if you had a job in a system like that, and I'm not equating politicians with, with uh, these kind of guys, with uh, stockbrokers, but... I think a system that's equally fucked, the political system is equally fucked as a financial system. You look at the both of them, you're like, wait, 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 why, why are you doing it like that? What is that? A derivative is, what is a fuck? Oh, no. What you're did you guys making, make? You're making things up now. What did you make? Yeah. You have $100 billion. You don't have any money. There's no money here at all. <laughs> this is crazy. The, that system is equally fucked to the political system. Like, wait, the, wait, the, the fucking, hold on a second. The Supreme Court just changed the limits. They just made uh, it so that you can just unload money on politicians citizens united uh yeah i got a nice little jump site what it's crazy it's crazy yeah so it's i think equal system mm. once you incorporate yourself into it like a lot of these politicians who probably do go into it with good intentions mm. i think you find along the way that if you try to buck the system completely you probably get blackballed there's probably going to be a lot of blowback against you by your uh, party, by competing parties. You're going you're gonna to be in a tough situation, you against the world. And that's how they survive. They survive by sort of attacking each other like this and then propping up these individual candidates that differ only slightly barely. from each other and all of them supported by the same giant hood of money that comes from corporations. Man. Is, it's crazy. It's a crazy great. system. So if yeah. you're a young guy and you're a senator from Delaware and you decide that you want to, I'm going to make some changes in this world. And if you elect me, I'm going to blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And then you get in there and you're like, oh, fuck. You're making me really optimistic <sighs> right now, Joe. And I, and I just got, I got off my house of cards bender, which, you know, amazing. I think <laughs> those systems are inherently corrupting. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I just think that younger people have to it it almost has to be like transparency involved in your actions is going to reach such a tipping point oh yeah that there will be no room for corruption and once that happens different story yeah and it's got to be on the way there right we uh, all the the forces certainly seem to be on their way i mean it's crazy we still live in an age where these senators and congress people are still doing what they're doing on their mm. uh twitter direct messages or 
uh, you mean sending SMSs. dick pics, yo? Yeah, but the <laughs> but the funny thing is, there's this kind of like okay, at a certain point, there'll be mutually assured destruction where like the president is gonna have like photos of herself from like a party in high school. Right. right? We're gonna get to a certain point where everyone's got shit on everyone from all the stuff we did ever, but that that's gonna take a little while. And in the meantime, I mean, I I hope that the 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 thing that still makes me hopeful is coming back to the sort of the finance side of things. Um, money is the corrupting influence in Washington, uh, one of the biggest. And and right now, there are a few people who can put in a lot of money and have a lot of an effect. What I hope the internet can do, and we've started seeing this happen, is is in the same way that it's given a voice to people through social media, we can start using small amounts of money and in aggregate start having a really big impact. And we saw, we've seen these money bombs before in 08 and in 12, but I feel like the software is going to keep getting better and better with crowdfunding and with these models that are going to really inspire people to want to give to a candidate and know that there's actually going to be accountability too with how that's spent and who they are and, and whatnot. One of the big ones, one of the really big ones that people think is kind of frivolous, especially people who don't smoke marijuana, is the legalization of it. Yeah. The legalization of marijuana in, in Washington State and Colorado mm-hmm. is fucking gigantic. Yeah, Those the deal. impacts that, that it's had on their economy. It's been so big mm-hmm. that there's, everyone's forced to step back and go, wait a minute, well, okay, all right, <laughs> so now we know. It's That's like a lot of tax sweaty revenue. hands yeah. rubbing on their pants and Think a lot of, of fucking late night meetings yeah. and a lot of guys pacing back and forth and a lot of people yelling, John, they're going to smoke pot. Okay, yeah. they're gonna least, fucking smoke it no matter what. What are we doing here? It. Let's make some money. Yeah, we can't. We can't fix the street. We yeah. can't hire new teachers. Well, and that's the and that's right. If 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 that money being used on the war against drugs were being used for more productive things, and we did legalize, my goodness, the war against drugs is such a, a farce. Crazy idea. It's uh. it's a crazy term. It's like the war against breathing. You know, we figured out <laughs> drugs. It's probably made, it made people better in a million different ways. The idea that you got a war against it is, just, and it's just you're calling it drugs. You don't make it a distinction. Uh. The war against negative, lethal drugs that are addictive. You're not gonna make get any distinctions no, it's just a just war against drugs statement. so what are you gonna break into the fucking store and steal all the aspirin at gunpoint like what what, <laughs> what, what is this war you're saying yeah it's, it's ridiculous it's, it's preposterous and i hope you know it the uh i know dc's i don't know where dc's at right now i was, I was on the table maryland just decriminalized yeah that's which awesome is a step in the right direction and i mean what happens like what what happens if we get legal weed in the district of columbia now i know they're not technically a state because that's ridiculous it'll but, happen but it has to but like it's at, insane. At what point, you know, I like I see the discrepancy between the federal law and the state laws, but like, if you're not having feds knocking down doors in the District of Columbia, like, <laughs> you know, I think maybe everyone's in agreement here. And you see so many, so many ex law enforcement, so many ex DEA people come out in support of legalization because they realize if the goal, if we have a common goal here, um, to actually make our streets safer and actually curb the the criminal element that comes in with this, um, legalization is the way to do it and make a lot of money and help help a lot of people live better lives because they don't have to be treated like criminals for a, a drug like marijuana. I've never seen a single person that I didn't think was just trolling mm. say that they think that marijuana should stay illegal. Anyone yeah. worth having a conversation yeah. with? Like when I hear Ann Coulter yeah. say it, I'm like, this bitch is <laughs> trolling. trolling. She's trolling. Obviously trolling. She's too good at it. Obvious troll is obvious. She's got a yeah. half a fucking smile while she's doing it. Yeah. Did you just meme it? You did. <laughs> I obvious did. troll is obvious. <laughs> That's another myself. cool thing Can't that came myself. out of places like Reddit. 
is memes. Reddit message boards, these sure. memes. I mean, there are obviously uh, 4chan is still uh, a hub for a lot of that meme creation. Oh, yeah. I feel like I feel like at That's this point, the hub, right? Yes, and that's I, where it all began, isn't it? Uh, well, it is. I mean, it is one of the or message <laughs> that boards. Fucking, that's a yeah. classic 4chan. That picture. Yeah, that's a classic 4chan <laughs> picture. It uh. And it's 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 just it's so interesting because now there are enough basically right ten years ago the culture of people who were spending a lot of time communicating on forums online was pretty small right and now right everyone's taking their selfies like it has reached a point where uh, it's nearly a, it's so so ubiquitous or so close to it that yeah these these memes these funny interesting image whatever they are can catch hold and literally millions of people can see it I mean it gets a little weird when you see like Rick Astley. In the Thanksgiving Day parade a couple years ago, Rick rolling everyone. Yes, that was that's weird. a little that's like a little weird. A little art influencing life in a yeah. strange way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird, man. The Rick roll. It's a strange thing when something just catches on like a virus, like a uh, real disease. Virus, and yeah. spreads across the, I mean, or or an organism, almost like a <laughs> thing with a lifespan. We like as I mean, as humans, we are and, and I'm not I'm not saying plagiarism here, but like we are sort of intrinsically copy machines and that like early man right sees someone else hunting a little better than him and he's like oh i could use that as a weapon dude this guy this guy over here let's all make weapons right and we are really good at seeing what someone is doing and learn that's how we learn yes and and what's so wild is you know because of that hyper connectivity because of how fast these ideas now spread right these memes like humans are sort of naturally really good at this but now we can spread this shit faster than ever before right within hours million within minutes millions of people can see an interesting photo of a cat or an interesting video or, or what have you you know alexis you can't do that on your own you didn't get there on your own <laughs> yeah but i think what obama was trying to say when he was trying to say that uh you didn't build that you mm -hmm. didn't make that he was, he was you know about the infrastructure oh, that's required sure. you know to to build your own small business, remember was that speech that he was so mm. criticized from. There was uh, that, that that quote was was definitely taken out of context. But I mean, it was I, a shit quote. The the reality is, it was he he, he said it very poorly. Mm -hmm. Like, but it's essentially yes. it, what we're what we're saying is we all needed someone before us oh, yeah. to come up with all these ideas that we all piggyback. Shoulders of giants, man, and I everybody look, dude. I mean, I, I I have been incredibly fortunate, right? I sold my company when I was twenty three years old. All right, that is crazy, crazy, dude. How much coke did you do? Don't lie. I have actually never done coke. Good for you. Never Thank done God. It. If you were hanging out with that guy, yeah. you would have done coke. <laughs> you would add too much coke, and you'd be. I'd ask you that question. You'd go. Whew. Wow, bad things, man. You'd have weird bad eyebrow things. hairs you can't explain. Like, when did that start growing? Yeah, like, no, I, uh, I hate Coke. <laughs> oh, man. It's not, I, I am, I feel like caffeine is enough of a stimulant for me um, that I'm more interested in the stuff that, you know, calms me down. Yes. Chills me out. Chills me out. And that's what I think would change. And like I think turkey. that's. That's one like of the turkey. things that, that is changing uh, yeah. right now in, in America mm -hmm. because of the fact that the spread of this stuff. The, the, what the spread that's starting out, first of all, information-wise, when people found out the real truth about like the LD50 rates, mm -hmm. like you can't die from it. Like it's not, it's oh, not and, impossible. And that malarkey document or film, Reefer Madness. Oh, it's great. It's it's ridiculous. Great it's great film. to watch now. But yeah, it's fascinating. It's propaganda. It, oh. Yeah, it's um, that's a that's a fascinating movie. It's fun to watch today. But there's a lot of people that still believe that it does something negative. That it slows um, you down. That it removes motivation. I think um, people have to realize, like, the, the motivation 
for motivation in the first place? Like, what, wh- why, why is that so inspiring to you? Like, what is, mm. what is motivation? You want someone to get off their ass and get a job and get to work? Well, they just have to be excited about something. Yeah. You know, the, m- most likely they're more excited about sitting on the couch than whatever it is they're being exposed to in their life. It doesn't mean that marijuana removes motivation. Mm. It means that if you're one of those lazy bitches that doesn't think outside the box and you're stuck in a spot, and you're discontent, and you like to get high and sit on the couch, you're probably going to be like that for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But that's okay, too. It is. It is a, it's not harming anyone. Exactly. Those are the it's same people that would drink else, cough yeah. syrup. Yeah. They would drink fucking cough syrup until they, you know, their liver failed. Syrup. syrup. Drinking that syrup. <laughs> I mean, for real, that is yeah. the same, they're the same people. And the idea that it, the, all the benefits reported by people like, I'm not saying you smoke a little weed, but I'm saying mm-hmm. you probably smoke a little weed, mm-hmm. or me, or anyone else who does... That, that that's that's all discounted. Yeah, you know? and not to mention, I mean, seriously, on a from a medical standpoint, I mean, I, you can't fight like every day. There's another story from another person who's using it to get through chemo or using it to get their app. Like when you see that many people's lives being so positively affected by a thing that's naturally occurring, like really, I it, come on, guys, it's all it's a truly unbelievable Shake story. The, stigma. the fact that it's still around in mm. 2014 is really a truly unbelievable story. Because yeah. if you looked at it logically and factually, and said, "Could you imagine a culture in which information is sent instantaneously all over the globe, mm. to which the answer to all, virtually any question a person can come up with can be answered on your phone in a matter of seconds? That you truly have the information." the current information of the world at your disposal. Could you imagine there would be one of the most beneficial plants that grows easily, contains essential amino acids, it's very high in protein, it can make you think about things differently, it can make food taste better, it makes sex feel better, it makes you sleep easier, it removes anxiety, it makes you nicer and kinder. This sounds amazing. You would go, yeah, but it's illegal. And it's a Schedule One drug. And the record screeches. And you're like, wait, wait but what? hold on. What? It used, this was used to be, this was a, a major, hemp was a major crop for the 13 colonies. Yeah. I mean, um, like, it, like, well, when they figured uh, out the cotton gin, that's when things got a little mm. weirder because um, they used to make clothes with hemp, but before the 1930s, they, 1930s, they came up with a thing called a decorticator. And the decorticator was, it was for the first time, they could use this giant machine to break down the hemp fiber. Because before, they used slavery. And then mm-hmm. when slavery was abolished and the cotton gin was invented all along, sort of in the same time frame, the, the shift went to cotton and away from, from hemp. Mm. It's really kind of fascinating. Like a, this is like Wikipedia, man. I Dude. know a few things that I've seen in documentaries. <laughs> but it's a fascinating, fascinating story because what, what was really sh- what shut down marijuana is the crop hemp. That's what shut it down. And that's mm. the main reason why today, like when I was talking about on it, we can't grow our own hemp. We would love to. We would love to pay a farmer to grow hemp for our protein powder. Mm. That way we could monitor the soil. We could make sure everything's organic. We mm. could do all the right steps. But we can't do it. We, can't, we literally can't do it in America. Man, land of the free. But it's, it's totally non-psychoactive. That's what's so stupid. Like, it's, it doesn't – what you're getting when you're getting, like, a hemp bag or you're getting hemp mm-hmm. protein powder, there's zero THC in there. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not in you there. You cannot smoke – kids, you cannot smoke your hemp bag. Don't try Don't it. do it. But the idea that that somehow or another can be illegal because it's related, related to the plant is crazy. I mean, that's like a poppy plant. Like yeah. you could have a poppy yeah. plant. You could eat Get a poppy a bagel, seed right bagel. Yeah. yeah, we're bananas. It's crazy. And then you know what it is though. Here's the the real victims of ending the drug war would be all those prisons that would no longer be full 
of uh, young black men. Aha, uh-huh. were... you say this, but what if your business is running prisons? <laughs> right. I what mean, if your business it's... is prison guards? I mean, that's another thing someone, we found out about think lobbying. Of the, someone think of the prison, uh, the prison industrial complex. The yeah. prison uh, guards lobby against drug uh, legalizations. Yeah, they, they do it because uh, they want to stay in office. They yeah. want to keep their jobs. And how many lives have to be ruined in the process? It's fucking crazy. Uh, it's a vampire system. It's a horrible vampire system. And it's a system that's brought out of... It's, it's based on the, these reverberations or these vibrations from the past it's all like this scramble when people were retarded when they came over on boats and this is just how they did things they mm. get him in the clink throw him in the jail you fucking scoundrel you were smoking marijuana or whatever the, the rule that you broke is mm. that they realize that they can do it so they do do it and they throw you in some fucking cage in 2014 the fact that that's still going on and that people are actually profiting from it mm. this is these are more things that the internet has a huge right. fucking problem with because the internet mm. is guys like you as young fellows that are yeah, very yeah. smart and unconventional and seeing the system and being like you know what i don't buy it i think uh there's some shit that people i knew growing up that were adults i knew they were fucking idiots and i knew they made <laughs> bad choices and now i'm looking at the the repercussions of this everywhere i'm looking at it and i'm saying no Dude, this is dumb. This is so. This is one of the things, especially talking to college students, that I love bringing up, which is that, and I'm the first to admit it. Like, I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. Ninety nine percent of the time, especially when I got started, I still don't know. And I've I've come to realize, like, <laughs> and I've got I've got been lucky enough to meet some pretty like successful, impressive people. But like, you dig under the surface, we're all just hacking it. Like, we're yes. all just expertise, experience. Those things all help. But like, every one of us is a fallible human. All the conventions and rules and status quo we know were created by other fallible humans. Yeah. And there's no reason not to look at that and go, huh, does it have to be that way? Or why is it that way? And if the reason why is, well, that's the way it is. Well, that's a terrible reason. You know? And and when you see the world as being that hackable, so to speak, like you start to realize, all right, well, let's just let's actually question stuff. And and for, you know, I remember I was a freshman at UVA when 9-11 happened for this generation of millennials coming up we we nearly all of us one of our first really vivid memories of the world was 9-11 this awful tragedy and then we get into these two wars and then think of all the authority figures we've had in our life since that moment they've all at one point or another either misled us this sort of deceived us um you've got the financial crisis you've got the housing bubble all these conventions oh trust us we know what we're doing this is the thing the american dream is buying a home go to college take on that student loan debt don't worry there's a job waiting for you every single one of these conventions from from all these people in power have not held up and so i think in particular millennial millennials look at that very skeptically because we're like all right you know what so the conventional stuff didn't work out for anything like we have no choice but to realize you know what we're all just hacking it so let's let's really let's dive into the passion let's let's figure out a better way to do something not settle for uh, it's the way it's always been i think you're completely right and i think um First of all, I'm slightly annoyed by this new statement that I'm forced to absorb millennials. I know. It's terrible for you. I'm sorry. Mm, I'm not, sorry. I'm not buying we it. We can rebrand this. I think we should. I really Please. do. Because I, I think there's a divisiveness or there's a separation that comes when you start labeling people by like what era they were yeah, born in. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, it's, a, it's a state of mind more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, I think so. But I think it's horseshit. Generation <laughs> X, Generation oh, Y, generation. shut the fuck up. It's just humans. Like this, this yeah. idea of putting things in a label, generation. The human race is evolving. Watch Father Knows Best and then watch Game of Thrones, okay? Shit's different now. 
We don't have to come up with names for the generations yeah. and your generation Y. And uh, there was fucking Jamie from the Laugh Factory tried to tell my friend uh, uh, Todd Parker. Todd Parker is a stand-up comic that I started out with. Yeah. And Jamie was like, "Buddy, you have to be Generation X guy. This is what you do. You go on stage and everything. My generation, Generation X, think that's gonna be your hook." And I remember him trying to explain it to Jamie, and I'm in the background going, don't. <laughs> no, don't fucking listen to him. Did yeah. you hear what he told Tony to do? What did he tell Tony? Buddy, <laughs> you must always wear a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking he would just look like Woody from Toy Story. Because he, he needed a hat? He was, no, he was he's shopping for like, hats. The, Jamie, uh, the guy who owns, Jamie Masada, the guy who owns the Laugh Factory, is a sweetheart of a guy. He is a very nice guy. I love him to death. But he's crazy, mm. and he gives advice to comedians. And he was a comedian at one point in time. He might have been the t- second or third worst comedian that's ever walked the face of the earth. Wow. But as a club owner, he's like one of the best. He's a sweetheart mm. of a guy. He's, he wasn't the worst comedian. He just we said second or third barely one. speaks yeah. English, and he's not funny. But he's a sweetheart <laughs> of a guy. Mm. But his ideas are terrible, and he'll like tell young comedians. He'll like pull you aside, buddy. Listen, this is your move. From here on out, you go on stage, you wear superhero costume. With Falcon. You don't look like superhero, that's the joke. <laughs> I I want to know, is there a comic somewhere who actually took his advice? Oh yeah, there's been Carrot a bunch. Top. There's it's a bit of a bunch. Carrot I don't want to name any names because it's <laughs> yeah. sort of like someone who got tricked by a, a guy who said he was in the military, so they had oh. sex with him, and then it turns out he was just a liar. Mm. And the girl feels bad. I don't want to shame mm. anybody, okay. so I won't say any names. Okay. But yeah, there were some comedians, for sure. There was definitely some comedians that listened and changed their... Their persona, you know, and came huh. up with like a, a plan, and none, it never worked. Because once Jamie's got you dancing, first of all, oh yeah, keep dancing. Now I control the puppet, dance, puppet buddy. Strings. Buddy, you're yeah. dancing bad. It's not my <laughs> dance moves are good. Mitzi did it also with Carlos Mitzi. Fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. Mitzi made um. Well, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know exactly. I mean, allegedly it was allegedly. Mitzi's idea, but obviously right. we're not pals with that dude, so we probably shouldn't right. tell his life story <laughs> without checking in with him. Wow, he probably doesn't I've even know at this so point. Much. Yeah. Well, I I don't hate the guy. Just hate what he's doing. Um, but there's been a lot of those club yeah. owners that come up. The best club owners are like Wendy from Denver, who just stands back. Just you know, if you're doing well, you're doing well. She encourages originality, mm-hmm. and her clubs have built like a real scene in Denver just because of her. Like if there's one person that like is important for the the, the entire Denver comedy scene, it's just one lady, Wendy. Did she, oh. did Mitzi ever give you any advice that you either took or didn't you're take? You're too dirty. Uh, you're too dirty. That's you clearly, what she clearly said. took that advice. You're too <laughs> sick. What you said was sick. It wasn't funny. <laughs> It was sick. I did. Used to have this bit about Anna Nicole Smith's husband. This is the one she always hated. Mm. Unfortunately, there's no good versions of it online. I think it was an audio version. We're gonna, let's record it now. But it was a. Um, it was all about uh, him making her do ugly things before, <laughs> before he died. Like that, she was earning this money, and then everybody's mm. like, "Oh, she's stealing his money." I'm like, "What are you talking about? The guy made a billion dollars from scratch. Don't you think he knows what the <laughs> fuck is going on?" Like he's he he's, was he, he was onto it. Yeah. yeah. So, so the joke was that he was going out and stopping with this big fat Kentucky fried hooker and it was just I mean it was just this horrendous old man young you know buxom blonde bit that just was so disgusting and Mitzi would go it's disgusting it's not funny I'm like but why is everybody laughing they're fucking idiots <laughs> but you know- 
you clearly don't have to. I mean, this is like, hey, it's nice advice, but like, if people are still laughing and buying drinks, she's going to keep having you. Well, she loved me. Uh, you know, she's nice. She's a sweet woman. She just didn't like. It wasn't her style of comedy. Uh, you know, I, I, I get it. I get that. And there's some things that I did that she really loved, and she wanted me to keep doing those, and I love those too. But there's shit that I'll do that I, 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 and I always have because I would laugh at it, and my friends who are comics would laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Like I, like if I know that Stanhope is in the room, I'll probably ramp something up just because I know he's there. I'll, I'll, you know, add some extra fucked up shit to it just to get him to laugh. <laughs> just, just <laughs> something just delight totally inappropriate that I don't even mean, but I'll do it just for Stanhope if he's uh, in the room. Like the, uh. we do that to each other. Comics do that. So when, when a comic is writing a bit that's like really fucked up, like half of it is just like to make your own jaded sense of comedy, like jolt it, <laughs> you know, just give a little prod. Yeah. Just see, oh man, that's, I, I, uh, that is the bar that I like, cause I do a fair bit of public speaking. Right. But, um, I don't have to fucking tell jokes like that stand up bar has to be, and I'm not just blowing smoke. Like it's gotta be the hardest like public speaking gig to have to do. It and, is and it isn't. And to, but to do it night after night too? Well, that actually makes it easier. Uh, Joey Diaz says it best. Okay. Joey Diaz, is, he goes, this is the easiest, hardest thing you can do. Okay. It's the easiest, hardest thing you can do. Because if you do it right, it's easy. If you got mm. it down, and not in the beginning. God damn, it takes a long right? fucking time to not be on shaky legs every yeah. time you go on stage. But once you get good enough to where you kind of like, you understand yourself better so he's not as insecure, mm. you're not as concerned about acceptance, and you can kind of relax, and you're more comfortable in your own skin, and then you kind of understand the roots of humor better as you get older, and then you become a comic. So then, boom, you're a comic. Um, and I think from there, it's all just about maintaining. It's about continuing to do it. And once you do that, it's fairly easy. It's like mm. once you're doing that. But it's like so once, once the you... train is moving yeah. downhill, it's going well. <laughs> but if the train stops and you got to get it uphill, oh, you're fucked. That's why guys, when they take time off, something weird happens to comedians when they take like three years off of comedy and then get back in because mm-hmm. their, their prospects are slim. Mm-hmm. Those are some dark sets that you watch. You can see the bottom of a man's soul. You can see some shit, man, because they forgot how to do comedy. I mean, they just fucking forgot how to do comedy. That happens after a couple weeks, though, sometimes. I took two weeks off, and I went back on stage. I was like, oh, shit, why do I feel nervous right now? Well, it's also your intention. I mean, you don't really prepare that much. You don't listen to recordings. Oh, I do so. I listen to every... I tape every single one of my... But you listen to Oh, yeah. You do? Usually it's on the way... To the next gig, I'll listen to the. That that's did. a good one way too. But one way that I like is to sit down and listen with a notepad yeah. and write Take down notes. shit that I hmm. I shouldn't do anymore, or write yep. down shit that's the front end is clunky and it works over here, and I'll just hmm. keep doing that. There's guys. I'm glad you do do that. The guys who don't do that are really silly. Like it's it's an yeah. important point. I have to do it as and a I have professional. To write it all down yeah. and have to write it out on the note cards and stuff like that. That's a good move too. As far as memory, that's yeah. the best way. Writing things out physically in longhand, or I I write it out on uh, my Galaxy. Yeah. I got this fucking Galaxy. Where is it? How dare I left it out there somewhere? My the Galaxy Note threes is big oh, yeah. ass. Well, I've got, got ogre hands, so it's perfect. I have a Note three too. What did I do? With it? Um, but it is outside. Yeah. Um, but they are they're they have that little note but stylus. You use the stylus? Thing. Yeah, I write all my notes Never. longhand. Damn, old school. So instead of um yeah. using it like uh, like instead of having a notepad, but I always still have a notepad anyway, because I still for whatever reason I haven't let go of the nipple. But the <laughs> um the notes like written notes on that are ju- almost just as good. Yeah. I mean really huh. it's very sensitive. I'm a stylus skeptic. 
Are you really? Uh, I am. I've never. I've. I, I Talk just, to him real quick. I'll grab the phone. I want to see if you fuck right. with it. If you like it. I mean, I have, like. I've just never. I have the Note Three. I just have never. Like, I pulled it out and I was like, nah. I noticed you have the Pebble. Have you tried the yes. the, the gears or whatever the watches? I don't want from Samsung. Uh, don't even get me started. Oh, yes. Really? The thing is. Uh, and here's the thing. I had the first Pebble. They're a Y Combinator company. I, I actually was, I was sitting in the room when, when we interviewed them. I remember their first prototype, and I was so blown away because I was like, here's some friendly Canadians. I made a cool watch. All right. Talk to my phone. I think it was a BlackBerry back then. And uh, and then they launched that campaign, and I was like, this is balls, right? $10 million Kickstarter. I pre-ordered mine. And I got my watch, and I was really impressed. But I was a little, like, I liked it. I didn't love it. I'd be wearing other watches back and forth. Right. Once I got this one, though, seriously, like, game over every day. Really? The, the, the fatal flaw of that Samsung watch, aside from it doesn't play with iOS, um, the fatal flaw is the battery life. Oh, yeah. It's got a beautiful full-color screen. It lasts for maybe a day. And, yeah, like, I got enough yeah. shit to charge every night. Like, I don't want to also have to charge my watch every single night. Or it should have a built-in uh, charging mat or something where you, you just take it off and throw it on it. a mat, yeah. you know? The new one, the, the Gear 2, that just is supposedly better. It looks interesting. I, You know, and I obviously, like I said, I'm buddies with the Pebble guys. Right. Um, so take this with a grain of salt. But in all objectivity, I think... It's an amazing, the software, the, the OS, you know, Android, obviously, know, they know what the fuck they're doing. Right. Um, the question is going to be the hardware. Um, if that, I mean, that watch is all just Photoshop right now. Right. Um, if they can make a watch that has a decent battery life that looks that good, okay, all right, I'm perking up. But until I actually see something with a real battery on it, no, forget What it. about Google Glass? I, they, they just announced that Google Glass is going to be available for one day only to uh, anybody of course, that wants Of it. course, CNN uses the photo of the most hipster hipster <laughs> in Brooklyn. Yeah, look at his <laughs> look at that mustache. mustache. Oh. Sweat this. Look yeah. at this. Holy shit. Yeah, those are all wow. my... Those are joke notes. Damn. See, I mean... I, I love this, though. It's it, pretty badass, man. But this is really encouraging. I've I, there, there are... Um, I, I really... I don't know. I want to think like I feel like I'm still just as hungry as I was when I got started and I'm really motivated and inspired like because I feel like if you want to stay on the top of your game, this is the stuff you have to do because as soon as you start getting soft yeah. and start getting cocky or complacent, um, man. Right on that. All right. All right. Let's Write see. something cool. Let's see. I'll save it and I'll put it up as a Twitter message. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's fascinating wow. because uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't lack. Like there's not anything where I'm doing it where I'm like this isn't completely picking up what I'm what I'm writing. It wow. picks it up exactly. Yeah. As long as the stylus is touching the screen, it's perfect. And so for like writing notes, I mean, and they're small files, so you can you know you can have fucking thousands of these things. That backs up automatically. I get an yeah. email when it backs up. Hmm. Huh. I've literally never taken the stylus Apple. You out can of the suck phone, it. But... You can suck it, Apple. Huh. Until you come up with one uh, of those, you can suck it. But I, I, I remember Jobs used to be very <laughs> anti-stylist. Fuck, uh, Jobs, you can suck it too. I'll hey, dig you up and then you can suck it. That's rude. That was rude. There we go, saved. Uh, I didn't mean it. If I <laughs> meant new, it, the it new, would be the horrible. New, the new information that's coming out about the, new, the two new iPhones that come out this year. You know what amazing. I heard? I heard um, they're going to make you gay. No. No? No. I heard that. Oh, look at that. Oh. This it's for is, the updates. For the, for the uh, upvotes. Upvotes. Okay. I can, and I can send this right now. Just throw it up as an Instagram. Yeah. So in the future. That now. Pebble works with the iPhone, and what yeah, information and is it sent? Does it send text or so just you, kind of basic stuff? You get notifications. Um, you know, you can mess with your uh, iTunes if you want to advance, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and there's a whole fear. I, I think the long play, 
and, and it seems like a smart one, is the App Store model. So Pebble has their App Store, and there are tons of different apps. So I can check in on Foursquare from my watch. I don't have to be that guy who takes out his phone to check in on Foursquare. Wow. All right, this um, is one thing that's whack about Android. When oh. you use the Instagram app, it gives you this weird little – no one's going to be able to see this, but it oh. gives you a weird little window. Oh, they won't let you uh, I can't get your whole thing. That's whack oh, as fuck. Yeah. Well, wow. see, that was a great demo, but see. That's, that's one way that the um, – the iPhone has it over this. Well, no, no, no. That the, the square ratio size is just an Instagram thing. You have to use a different program, like uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah, Insta I've heard. It should be able to just add black space. Yeah, uh, well, so that you can should be able to shrink it down. It a tip on the iPhone is you turn it sideways, so it's the the wrong. Uh, you know, like when you have a picture the wrong way, right. and then you take a screenshot of that, so it keeps Whoa, the black bars on the, the side, bars. and then you, yeah, then you have hmm. nice pro tip. You got to do it gangster. That's a pro tip. Yeah. Oh, pro tip you, by Brian. If Redback. you just crop it so it just says for, the, if you can get for the upvotes and then the Reddit alien, that'll suffice. Okay, yeah. let's see if we can do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking out for you. No. Also, I, oh man. We're going to have to do another one. I have failed you. Just No, you haven't. You no, haven't. no. I feel like I'm letting just, everyone down here. Just do a smaller <laughs> one. We'll do one more. But yeah, Google Glass for $1,500. Oh, right. So Google Glass. Um, so I'm... 1500 bucks. Uh, that you're going to throw into the trash a week later. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with me? It's not there yet. I, I, I am very, very skeptical. I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll hit mainstream adoption. Uh, I think even if they go, I mean, they've got designers now designing glasses. They got NBA players wearing them. Um, tap it so it doesn't uh, have that thing. Maybe. So I think. So I am full disclosure. I'm an investor in a Google Glass company. How dare you? Um, but but here's the reason why. Um, they and they actually just had a bunch of press uh, in the globe. Um, the they are they're building software specifically for industries. So like they're working with doctors at Beth Israel who can use them to oh. help check in folks, get their records with because they need both their hands free, right? They're working with energy companies so that people out in the <laughs> field can have real time data on what's going on at this random oil pump. Like if they gotta, you know, check settings or updates. Like basically they're targeting specific industries where people need both their hands free. And so it's not the sort of obnoxious like walking around on the street uh, ordering a latte from your face. It's like, this is a very specific task where I need both my hands free and this is helpful. And so I think, I think that's where it'll succeed. Kind of like how segues are just for mall cops. <laughs> I think this will be and next tourists. level sure. useful. Oh God. Yes. That's right. Can't forget the tourists. It's going to go uh, black on you. I still haven't okay. gone on one yet. You haven't got one? No. It'll change your They're life. They're great. <clears throat> They're really dope. Uh, he's just being facetious. <laughs> that was like one of the no. things that they were saying about the uh, the okay. product before it came out. That it was going to change your change life. Change cities. Right. Change your change life. Change life as we know it. Build yeah. streets around it. You silly bitches. That was the most ridiculous thing ever. You're just standing and moving. How's that changing life? Did you hear about the new uh, electro uh, our age of uh, cow tipping that's going on in San Francisco and stuff like that? People are flipping those little baby electric small yeah. cars. And it's <laughs> yeah, called, smart uh, cars. Smart smart car tipping or something. Yeah, that's rude wow. as fuck. <laughs> wow. Imagine if you went outside and you you're a girl and you weigh a hundred pounds. And someone yeah, flipped your, your fucking car. car. That, that's a dick move. Asshole. It is a dick move. I also think. I, so I grew up in the suburbs. I did not see a lot of cows. I guess from time to time, but like, can you actually tip a cow? Uh, no. Yes, yes, you can. They're no, huge. No, no, no. We've uh, done it just before. Make sure to save it. You've really? never tipped yeah, a cow, yeah, yeah. bitch. Yeah, yes, we did. Really? I, from Columbus, Ohio. Me and my friends did it twice. Bitch, you've done it. right? Was it like a calf? Was it like one of those veal <clears throat> calves too? Bitch, just you ain't so weak. No, no, no. What, what happens okay. is that when the cows. Uh, <laughs> 
when the cows are in the fields, they, they pretty much lock their legs and sleep standing yeah, up a lot. That's a lot how I sleep. And so you just go next to them and push them, and they but seriously just so fall down. heavy. No, they, they, they just tip right over. Cow I, tipping cow tipping's I huge I thought in Ohio. this was stuff that suburban kids, no. like, or that like, it was urban lore, because none of us ever hung out with cows. No. If, it, if you ever want to go cow tipping, I'll, I'll take it. It's, I, I mean, it's completely I mean, the cows, rude I don't evil. think they would really like that. Yeah. But. No, they don't like it at all. <laughs> I wouldn't like it. Yeah. Did you really go cow tipping, Brian? Twice. Really? Yeah, twice. Right. Can you find but one you actually YouTube video? Found, yeah. Here, you actually pushed YouTube a cow over? I don't believe it. Yeah, me and a, two of my friends. Okay, and I want it to be one of those. Remember those night vision, like the Paris Hilton videos? I want it to be one of those night vision videos okay. of the cow Hold tipping on. over. This is easy. All right. Do you have a, um, an Instagram? I do. It's, it's my name, just at Alexis Ohanian or Ohanian. Okay. That's another thing that's annoying about these things is that they insist on trying to change what you wrote. Mm. Like they're like my creative, the ethnic uh, yeah. last name. They're um, mm. I'm not gonna take it personally. Th- it's just that their their autocorrect is like really aggressive. These cows are awake and goofy. They're awake. Yeah. Well, then good luck. They're gonna kill you. <laughs> I see no what cows tipped. You gotta look at these videos before you put them online, bro. Seriously, find something real. Yeah. You can do that off screen, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. might have made some shit. He might have yeah. thought he was cow tipping. No, He's cow on tipping mushrooms, totally tripping his balls off. Dude, we tipped cat cows. <laughs> like, we never left the house, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> we were in the field. You don't remember? I was there. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> I was tipping cows. Yeah, I bet if we Snopes tipping cows, like let's Snopes, Snopes cow tipping. I feel kind of. I should have brought my laptop. Also, side note, uh, and I've I've enjoyed your podcast. I love how I love the real time with the laptops. Uh, I wish I wish every show basically had someone in real time just calling out shit. Here we go. Ready? All right. Let's get this out of the way. Cow tipping, at least as popularly imagined, does not exist. Drunk men do not, on any regular basis, sneak Mm -hmm. into cow pastures and put a hard shoulder to a cow taking a standing snooze, thus tipping the poor animal over. While in the history of the world, there have surely been a few unlucky cows shoved to their side by boozed up morons. We feel confident in saying that this happens at a rate roughly equivalent to the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series. That's not Mm. true. Okay, this is um, got snoped. Cows, cows like sit down and like on their legs and just sit there, and you can go right up to them and tip them right over. This is uh, from uh, modernfarmer.com. Well, I'm convinced. An article on cow tipping. I've subscribed to Modern Farmer for a decade now, and they have never led me astray. YouTube, the largest clearinghouse of human stupidity the world has ever known, where you can watch hours of kids taking the cinnamon challenge. Teens jumping off roof to, rooftops onto trampolines and the explosive results of fireworks set off indoors fails to deliver one single actual cow tipping video. All right. Well, we did it as a kid. The one exception is a Russian dash cam video which shows a semi-truck full oh, yes. of cattle overturning. It, that's really good. You need to watch and it. And cows shaking themselves off and walking away. Cows not giving a fuck. Yeah, wow. these, this is a spectacular dash cam So this, uh, this article is calling bullshit on you, Brian. When I was younger, we would go to these farms in, in Plains, Plains City, Ohio, and they would have tons of cows, and we would break into the cows, smoke weed, and there would be cows that you would break be... break into the cows? No, break into the, the, the fence. And there would be cows that would sit there, like, on their... Like, perched up, like, on their, like, 
legs, like just sitting there sleeping, we would come over and just push them right over. I don't know if that's the cow tipping that you heard everybody doing, like people saying that the cows tip over, but that's what we used to do because that's what we thought you were supposed to do. I don't understand what you just said. These cows are standing up, right? Because they stand up when they sleep, right? No, not all the time. There, there's cows that like do they this go to their pers- knees, like knee thing. Here, I'll show you. Oh, okay. I thought cows always stood up. Horses always stand up, right? Uh, I, I have no idea. I'm gonna. My gut's telling me horses are the ones. Yeah, horses. I think always stand up, right? Yeah, and if they're down, they're hurt. We have the Google. Yeah, um, but I'm I'm really skeptical with this cow tipping. Like Sorry. We yeah, the internet this, disagrees like with you. Oh, look at that. That's a so it's like cow it, rolling. Brown oh, cow. cow sleep. That's cow rolling. So the cow would be like that, and you would just push it. Yeah, but there would be tons of cows, and it would be night at time, and we'd be drunk, and that's what we used well, to do. Well, technically, I don't know that seems to be cow tipping. Yeah. Technically, that's cow tipping. They're just lying down cows. So you're going to send the email to Snopes saying, well, actually, you are wrong. Well, well <laughs> I have a feeling the problem with calling bullshit, if you didn't grow up in that environment, you might truly believe that it is bullshit. But then mm. if a guy like Brian yeah. actually grew up there and actually <sighs> pushed over some cows. Can we take this to your like, fan base? See, they would sit like this. And then you just like set, go over there mm. and just push them over, and they would roll over and wake up and freak out, and it would be scary, and you would run away. Now, now cow tipping, what I think they're saying is not true, is actually p- tipping over a cow that's like mm. completely yes. standing up, okay. maybe. Well, maybe that's what people have in their head, yeah. but what it really is is what you're talking about. The cow and rolling. Th- that's when we did it, we just did it because we heard people did it. And then we were like, <laughs> let's do it. There's tons of cows here. <laughs> that's such, nice. a, such nice. a Brian Red Band move. I heard other people were doing it, and I'm like, well, they're still alive. Fuck it. Uh, Fuck it. So then uh, cow tipping mm. is real. I guess if. I would say cow tipping is real. Well, yeah, cow rolling. I'm going to call it cow rolling. Yeah, cow rolling. Well, then cow tipping, as in a cow standing up and you pushing Mm -hmm. it over, that doesn't exist. But that's probably not what cow tipping ever was. Unless they do sleep standing up. Do cows sleep standing up? Okay, we, get, we need no, to go I to mean, this. There's tons of pictures of cows doing exactly how. Yeah, but do they also sleep standing up, I should I say. Know. Let me just say how much I appreciate you guys getting to the bottom of this. <laughs> we need to. We should, worst case, how far are we from some cows? Uh, not that far. We can get to one in an hour. Okay. Does a cow yeah. sleep standing? Common misconception that cows don't lie down. Hmm. Mm-hmm. While cows may doze off for a few minutes at a time while standing up, they typically lie down to sleep. Or simply to rest. Okay, I'm okay. calling bullshit on the people calling bullshit. I think <laughs> Brian's right. I think Brian is right. He went cow tipping. And that's how you really cow tip. Because what everybody says is that cows are sleeping and you go up and push them. Well, obviously, if that's not true, if they only take a little nap standing up and usually they sleep, lying, sleep down, lying down, yeah. then, the, then their whole premise sucks because they don't understand what cow tipping is. Yeah. Cow tipping starts from the knees, like jujitsu class. Like if you took wrestling class, you start standing up for the most part. Uh-huh. But in a room full of fifty dudes trying to double leg each other, that shit gets really dangerous. So jujitsu classes all start from the knees. So real cow tipping, like the idea of it, doesn't exist because that's like wrestling style. Everybody starts from their feet. But jujitsu style, when you're already on the ground, that's real. This is great. Now, whenever I drive past a bunch of cows, I'll be thinking about jujitsu. <laughs> that's what I do. That's the vision. I, it's my gift. You should, um, you should totally huh. sell Snopes care. to go fuck themselves. No, but yeah, what was real, the craziest thing is <laughs> or that. Modern Farmer Incorporated, whatever it is. How scary it was. I just remembered it. Was, <laughs> no, because. I'd be scared. I wouldn't go How many I, times I did you do it? Them, huh? 
we we did. I remember twice, but we used to <laughs> to only remembers first time, twice. But first time scared the fuck out of you, and then you're like, "Listen, I I can do better." I did it wrong. Yeah, and the reason was because one of the we used to hang out at this bridge where we would drink and underage, and it was just like everyone would go to this bridge in the middle of nowhere, and there was all these uh, farms around it, and that's why we'd go there because there was no police, there was no one could even know you were there, so you get bonfires and all this shit like that. Oh. So then after you mm. got wasted, everyone Stephen kind King of just movie. played around in all the fields, and one of the fields. Was cows and it was pitch black because it was in the middle of the country, so it was just stars and you see shadows of cows. And so you would like sneak up going up to these cows. You didn't have cell phones for lights or anything like that, so it was literally just lighters and shit. And you'd just go up and just push it real fast, and it would go and like you'd just run away. And it was the scariest shit ever. (laughs) Wow, and you'd be stoned, exhilarating. Did you ever find mushrooms on those uh, cow patties? Yeah, but back then you. Just didn't think about that. Like, I didn't get into mushrooms till I was in college. Well, Duncan went to school in Asheville, North Carolina. And when I went up there, I, I understand Duncan so much more after visiting Asheville because it's just a mm. hippie mecca. And they were getting, so, and there's apparently the mushroom flora or whatever it is, the spores are so healthy up there because so, it rains a lot and there's so many of them that they had to start giving the cows some sort of an antifungal diet to kill the mushrooms. Because so many kids are harvesting. Meanwhile, it probably makes the kids sick because a few mushrooms probably grow on it, some poor poison psilocybin. Mm. I mean, you want to talk about missing the fucking point, right? P- poisoning mm. cow shit so that the most beautiful thing that God ever created can't grow there, you fucking yeah. dummies. Yeah. But he said that they would constantly go there and just pluck them off and just eat them. They were everywhere. And just trip balls. Wow. And the whole town is so psychedelic, like partially because of that. The whole town is like, it's a, Asheville, North Carolina is a trippy fucking place. I feel like I need to visit now. You got to visit. It's Shoot. awesome. It's really cool. Everybody's walking around. Like they have a main area where like bars and restaurants are. And mm-hmm. people are just walking around. Like everybody's walking around. It's like a small town that exists in a giant world, but they're modern. Wow. So it's, it's a, I fucked up. I shouldn't have told you guys about it. Now See, people no, are going to go visit Asheville. It. Yeah. But I kind of understand Duncan way more now after going to this town. It's like, oh, I see. Like, you you were spawned in one of the most awesome environments on Earth. Like, this place is fucking sweet. What what did they call it when they went out on that expedition, I wonder? They didn't call it go, cow tipping. No, do you want to go, like, <laughs> candy picking? Shroom harvesting. Yeah, some kind of thing. Let's go get shrooms, that man! Sh- that shit's so dangerous, though, because I remember even as a kid just going up and eating berries. Because I was like, oh, look, berries. And I would just start kicking <laughs> berries. <laughs> Fuck. Wow. You know? And then, like, you find That's out later. Ambitious, like, man. That's ambitious, really Dude, you were one of those kids wow. that... Uh, Hundred years ago, you would have never survived. Yeah. There's no way you would have been dead before Ooh, you were fire. <laughs> yeah, but you fucking. And what's that honeysuckle shit? Like I used to eat a lot of uh, <laughs> plants because there was nothing to do. So you look, was that purple stuff where you pull it out oh, and just man. suck on? There was nothing to do. Yeah, so we just eat grass. Uh, yeah, I would eat a few things. You know what I found mm. out that tastes good actually is dandelions. Like dandelion yeah. greens. Huh. Make salads out of dandelion greens. My grandmother used to make them. And I, I went over to the house once and she had this dandelion salad. And I was like, what is that? And it's I was like, that's garden. dandelions? And they were like, it's really good for you. It's edible too. And my, uh, my uncle told me it was good for me, I think is what convinced me. But then I found out that it's like a common vegetable that a lot of people eat dandelion greens. Can you make roots. tea? Am I yeah. crazy? You make tea out of it? I believe you can. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's actually good like as a salad. It's, it's a good tasting green. 
hmm. and pretty fucking good for you too. Hmm. What's not to like? I don't know how we got onto dandelion business. I don't know how we got onto the dandelion. We've covered subject. a lot of uh, green plants. on this. Yeah, a lot of plants. A lot of green. Good. Very eco friendly. Makes the world go round, my friend. Yeah. And you know what else makes the world go round? People know what the fuck they're talking about. That's why this cow tipping mm. thing, <laughs> it's really pissing me off. Because I believe, we Brian, I think cow tipping is some real shit. And I think this is something... It that starts we, here. Is smart car tipping. Smart Change car tipping this woman. hit Columbus. Smart car <laughs> tipping <laughs> has hit Columbus, Ohio. Wow. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> it's wow. so rude. Uh, it's totally rude. It's easy to do, I bet, though. Yeah. I bet like three or four guys could probably push one of those things over pretty easy. How much do they weigh? Can't be more than like fifteen hundred pounds, right? I still, I still flinch whenever I watch the uh, the YouTube videos of the crash tests and those things because they are like oh. yeah. more resilient than you'd expect. But but I would not want to be in one at a top speed. <sighs> I, I wouldn't want to be in anything as a t- in a top speed. Um, there's a guy who used to fight in the UFC, Matt Grice, and he got rear-ended. Someone was going like 60 miles an hour, and his car was parked, and uh, and he he didn't even get hit by anything. Just the impact of the car. He had to have brain surgery, and they had to remove a plate on the top of his head. Off of the sw- keep the swelling. Uh-huh. And Jeez. then put and then connect it back on. It ended his UFC career. It's, you know, the guy had been had been in like all these crazy fights, like really action packed wars, yeah. and a car accident took him out. And, a, and he's sitting in a parked car. Yep. Shit. Boom! You see that thing? Oh, hit. oh my god! Wow, yeah, it does actually stay and actually. Some wow, kind of that's weird incredible! Chunk. <laughs> it looks pretty good, actually. Well, Look at uh, that! Yeah, you're you're still dead. Uh, right? Not maybe, maybe maybe you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll be fine, bro. Walk, walk away from. Yeah, it. I'll walk Joe away from that away shit stuff like that. and I'll jerk off on the car. Man, I saw I saw <laughs> a bad <laughs> Mini Cooper crash the other day. It freaked me out because they're small, yeah. man. They're small. I mean, no matter what, they're small. Just the uh, that thing that happened on the highway is like everybody's worst nightmare. The FedEx truck crashed into a school bus filled with high school kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This Horrible. Today. Northern oh, California geez. yesterday. Was it uh. Northern California? North, mid-California somewhere? Um, but it was on the 5, which is kind of a, a sketchy freeway. And mm-hmm. apparently it's just a giant collision. Nine people dead. Like one of those horrible fire situations. Oh, I am I am firmly in the self-driving car camp. Um, I am... I am the ready car? I, well, or any... I mean, there's there's a company coming up right now. There, there are a few people working on this. Um... But I'm just ready for robots. I mean, look, 90... That's a new meme, bro. I'm ready for robots. I'm ready for the robots (laughs) until they enslave us. But 95% of our flights are robot. I mean, the the mass majority, obviously, there are fewer things that hit in the sky. But, like, we trust robots with a lot. And and when it comes to the self-driving cars, I've gotten a ride in one for a minute. um, And we're getting there. But, like, there's so many senseless deaths, so much senseless bullshit that happens because of human error behind the wheel of... You know, a fucking thing that weighs a lot. And That's goes totally fast. true. But will you long for freedom? One of the things that I've been thinking mm-hmm. about when we're talking about you're saying like, oh, I wish I was, I'm jealous of these kids that are born today. Mm-hmm. I don't buy it because I, I'm very, I think that I'm very, very fortunate to have been born in a time where the internet didn't exist to grow, to be a young man without it and then experience it mm-hmm. once I've kind of, when I understand myself and the world a little bit better and got to see two different worlds, get to see the world pre-internet and got to see the world post-internet. The people that are growing up just post-internet, like mm-hmm. there's there's a certain 
there's a certain something we're all going to miss. We're all going to miss j- just getting on a motorcycle and driving on the highway because eventually that's going to be illegal. It's going to be illegal um, to be in a fast car. It's going to be illegal to do anything that propels you on your own. I mean, but if you look at like what's going on with technology, if you mm-hmm. look at like the idea of self-driving cars, at a certain point in time, what's the justification for letting someone drive their own car if their ratio of cr- crashes is yeah. even ten percent higher? I mean, as long as okay, here's the thing: hum- humans are infinitely resourceful. Like, I think I imagine it looking like cruise control for a while, where like the self-driving, you'll still be sitting there, you'll be chilling, but like it's in cruise control, and right. then at any point you can just hit the brake or start driving. But dickheads would just start doing that and weaving in that traffic, <laughs> and you'd be right back to the one-on-one again. It'd be the same uh, fucking animal over huh. and over again. I mean, you could well. Come on, bro. It would. There would be bits <laughs> of that, but it's still not as bad as like if if it's one percent of the people doing it. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, is still be pretty high, but like, then you still have ninety nine percent of them being efficient robot cars. I think, without this sounding too, you know, into the future, the the hope is though, humans are resourceful. Even if you had it mandated where every car was was just it only knew how to self drive, someone would hack it. Someone would figure out a way to get a wheel on there. Someone would, like I sense a class war. I can, sense. Oh well, that's I that's a whole other story, but it's coming. The highway flooded with these self-driving cars and other people like standing up while they're driving their continental convertibles, oh, screaming at the top of their lungs at the robots. Fuck the robots! Mm-hmm. People taking lawnmowers onto the highway. Fuck the robots! <laughs> Tractors. Yeah, while yeah, anything with four wheels and while there's a robot, the whole the whole thing is bizarre. It's gonna happen. I mean, the the technology that's invaded mm-hmm. our lives so far or become a part of our lives so mm-hmm. far, it's not stopping anytime soon. And and I will say this. I am, I, I think, so yeah, I got to, I mean, I knew a little bit of the pre-internet world. And I, I'm still jealous, but I will have, you know, I'll have my own transition, right? This is all a process, right? The, the, the generation coming up will take the internet for granted. They'll have that. But like, um, there is inevitably going to be something else that displaces them and blows their minds. Maybe it's like the Gattaca baby situation. Um, I think... We're already at a point now where we can better understand uh, human DNA. It's the point where it's like, all right, it's not unreasonable to imagine a world where like, hey, if you don't want this genetic disorder, like we can make sure your kid doesn't have that. Most people would probably be like, yeah. Man. You you don't want to be the first guy to say yeah to that. No. But you can, I mean, this is all pretty reasonable here. Um, And you imagine, okay, well, let's say that happens. Then it's like, all right, well, we've gotten rid of like, okay, Parkinson's or whatever. Like everyone, most people are pretty happy about that. Um, But then it's like, well, if you can do that... Do you want your kid to have blue eyes? Like we can do that too. It's it's just real easy. Do you want a blue eye? And then you very quickly start seeing the the Gattaca scenario start playing out, and um and it, these are going to be really interesting and 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 serious ethical questions we'll be asking ourselves in terms of like, I mean I generally I'm on the side where I'd, I'd be very happy if a lot of genetic disorders were, were if technology was able to remove those things from happening, um but at what point does it start crossing the line of us tampering too much and deciding you know I, I don't think there's you know? a line. I think that's what we're here for. I really do. I, I think the idea of us slowing down innovation for some reason, like because mm-hmm. we're crossing a line that we invented ourselves, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. So I think you, there's yeah. a pattern. And I think if you look at that pattern, the pattern is constant exponential growth of technology and innovation. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing that human beings are thirsty for. We're freaking oh, yeah. out about the Galaxy S5 came out today. <laughs> Woo! You know, I mean, I was at Radio Shack yesterday getting some headphones. And this Radio fucking Shack? people that work there. There's still Radio Shack? There's Radio Shack. Right. I don't know if Radio Shack's a sponsor, guys, but I'm sorry. They're fine. Elitist. No, I, I, what if a man wants to make his own ham radio? I can <laughs> order the open? parts online. Yeah, how are they with open? The tutorial. They had customers. But the bottom line is, I was there because I needed to get a head <laughs> headphone for my uh, my cell phone, and uh, 
I go, uh, I go. When is that? Because I knew it was out like sometime this week. I go. When is that Galaxy S5 out? Is it out today or tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And this guy, first thing out of his mouth, I'm gonna get it before you do. Really? Yeah. Like, ooh, burn. Wow. Like that's the thing. Like everybody wants to have it oh, first. Man. Given Radio given Shack's a bad name. Up to 1,100 stores. Oh, Radio Shack. I got my first job as a Comp USA. Uh, I was not sad about seeing them close though. <laughs> yeah. I was I was a 13, 13, 14 year old pudgy kid who was demoing video games and well it was mostly like computer hardware in the middle of a comp usa um for like every 30 minutes i'd have to get on the headset microphone with the big tv behind me demo like mad lens like language learning software and i'd have the same routine for like 15 minutes every 30 minutes and like literally no one would be watching and here i am this like teenager (laughs) going through puberty and i've got people people would walk up to me and be like no one's listening kid just stop no one's listening. And it's like, well, I don't blame you for hating me. But it was great because it got all of my public speaking fears out of the way uh, because I spent two years being ignored uh, every every 30 minutes. Yeah, that seems like a Copy really good way, actually. It was great. Get... I was getting paid for it. Uh, the company I technically worked for was called Cydea, S-I-D-E-A, but they were one of the casualties of the tech boom. That seems Shocker. like a really good idea uh, to, like, if you wanted to alleviate your fear, oh, yes. put yourself in one of the most uncomfortable situations yes. and get numb to it. Dude, yes. Absolutely. And people ask me, oh, well, you know, because tech, there are, some, there are some very good public speakers in tech, but, you know, the common stereotype is that they're not. And so a lot of people ask, like, oh, how'd you get, you know, good at this? And I'd say, because I did it a ton. I, my first job was getting paid to just do it while that going through puberty. fucking fascinating, So if you want to get good at it, just do it 10,000 hours, right? Just, just get up, get awkward, get in front of people, and embarrass yourself. That's fascinating. That job probably play, really played a pivotal role in yeah. your life. Dude, real talk? I have the card. I still have the business card from Carlos, who's the guy who hired me at Cydea, um, because he was the first guy who gave me a shot. I wonder if he's... Yeah, Carlos from Cydea, if you're watching. That's incredible, You created this monster. Yeah, that's uh, that's an important thing, man. Uh, Sometimes things will happen to you when you're young, when, you know, you think it's just a shit job, but it really is some weird life lesson. Dude, the two... I always tell people, fuck getting an MBA. I got a job doing public speaking as a teenager, being embarrassed routinely. And then my next job was in the service industry, and I waited tables and cooked at Pizza Hut. And, and like, seriously, that will teach you the, uh, so much about entrepreneurship, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're on the front lines for, I mean, your pay is coming from that tip. And it's a matter of, of balancing, you know, satisfying the customer. A customer is not always right, but almost always right. And, uh, and just, and, and dealing with it and solving problems with other humans. And if you can make, if you can, bridge that gap of like empathy man i I tell you that every single day as an entrepreneur every single day absolutely and and also i think the shitty jobs that you have when you're growing up inspire you to not want to have shitty jobs (laughs) yes i worked with my friend jimmy Mm -hmm. my pal jimmy lawless i worked with him for like two weeks one summer he he was a carpenter and i was like uh he was uh he graduated a, a year ahead of me and he had like always had his eyes on doing carpentry. I was just looking for like a labor gig mm-hmm. for the, for the summer. But within two, two weeks, I don't even think I lasted two weeks. It was fucking brutal. We were building a Knights of Columbus wheelchair ramp. So a Knights wow. of Columbus hall. Sure. So the entire day, every day was spent carrying bags of cement and pressure treated lumber. It was this huge wheelchair ramp. So just bag after bag of cement just carrying these fucking bags, boom, carrying mm. these logs, boom. That was the whole day. And by the end of the day, you were 
dead. There yeah. was you couldn't do anything. See, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't last. I wouldn't last three hours. I lasted uh, like two weeks, but I I, I used to think about it forever. Yeah. I would think about that gig, and I'd be like, "That's what it's like when you're doing something that you don't want to be doing. Yeah. It's unbelievably difficult. That's the life." Yeah. And that would like motivate me to get things done. If mm-hmm. I never had that gig, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't know how hard a job can suck. Yeah, I really wouldn't know. That's the truth, man. That's what that should be. I don't know if there, there's a, like, but that is, that is top flight advice for any, especially cause look, I know those of us especially getting into tech, it's a hot industry right now, right? There's more money than ever going into it, making a lot of people rich. There are a lot of kids coming out of college who want to be the next Zuck or the next whoever. They want to be the next Did you really call him Zuck? Zuck. They want to be the next Zuck. Z- Zuck rolls. Zuck you call him Zuck because you know him? Zuck That's how you guys, when you no, hang? Yo, no. Zuck. We've, we, I've met him Give once or twice, but we're not, we're not friends. I mean, I'm not saying that we're not, like, <laughs> there's, no, I'm, I live in Feud. New York. I'm not in TMZ. the, I'm not in the Silicon Valley world. Um, I dabble, but I just, I just visit. Right, um, I hear you. But, That's probably the best way to be. Because yes. then you would start talking Truth. like a, uh, one of those West Coast techies. <laughs> yes, and so to Over-enunciating. So that is, that's the problem. I think for a lot, I think I, I'm just getting a sense and I'm generalizing here, but I think a lot of the kids right now who are trying to get into that, um, maybe never had that job, maybe never had mm. that bit of perspective right. uh, that I think has helped me a ton, tremendous. And I think it's obviously helped lots of people over many, many centuries to just understand, get, get a bit of sense. I mean, even, I, I mean, I know I live in a bubble now. I, as much as I wish I didn't, I know I to some extent live in a bubble, but I still try to keep that perspective as best I can, which is hard, but, um, it's the fact, and look what you're talking about there, it's skilled labor. Like speaking of things like with the robots, skilled labor is something that still like when robots can do that, they will enslave us. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, those jobs or what I'm trying to say is are going to be really, they're fundamental already, but they're only going to continue to be important because humans have to do them. And they are shitty, hard work, but we don't have enough people. I know Mike Rowe has a really good campaign, actually, for getting more young people interested in the trades because there is a huge demand for welders, for carpenters, for all, for all these people because we don't have a generation coming up now that knows how to do this stuff. I mean, I can barely put together IKEA furniture myself, and I'm lucky because I'm good with, like, a laptop. But um, it's a real need, and it's hard to fucking work well not only that i mean doing carpentry like building a house is really kind of fun mm. i mean yeah, building a house is very rewarding if you're a guy that has you know, developed like i grew up my dad my stepdad was an architect and so yeah. i grew up around a lot of work developers and a lot of construction guys yeah. i got to see the pride that they take when they've completed a job and built a building that they designed they all work together on this it's, it's a cool thing yeah. it's a cool thing to see and watch and, you know, the fact that that's sort of like a dwindling part of, you know, what kids are looking to do in you know, tomorrow's age, it's, it's kind of sad. It's a problem. Yeah. It is a problem, but it's kind of sad. I mean, there's always going to be people that appreciate it, though. There's always going to be yes. someone that builds an awesome log house that's in demand. Oh, yeah. you know? Cabin porn. Uh, Cabin I think that's porn. actually a website. <laughs> Don't yeah. say it out loud unless you're affiliated. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I and I hope, actually, I don't know. I'm trying to. I can't remember what Mike Rose organization is called, but it's it, it it's trying to push uh, for that. And I don't get me wrong. I am the guy who's also telling people like learn how to code. If you want the superpower for this century, it's learning how to code. That takes a lot of time. Jamie and I were talking about that yesterday. Yeah. Too much work. Sorry. Well, I don't then, got that kind of time. 
Uh, you know, I guess you're. I guess you're not going to be uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Joe. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be a Zuck. <laughs> I'm not coding. It's not happening. You, you got to also like if someone else did what I did, it would be a harrowing experience. They wouldn't enjoy yeah. it, you know. And if I did what they did, it's a different jokes for different folks, my friend. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh yeah. When you look at the future, when you see what's happened just in the short amount of time that Reddit's been all around, you see what happens. In you know the time of the your first computer when you were on you, were you on AOL? Would you get uh, on? I was a little late. Uh, it was an ISP called Compuserve. Oh, you no, had a, a, a regular ISP. Yeah, thirty three six. So I was a little late. In the oh, game. really late? That was my first month. I had a fourteen four. Whoa, fourteen four. Fourteen four. When I remember fifty six k blew my fucking mind. <sighs> this can't be real. It's crazy. And then there was like dual line fifty six k, so you could get like two fifty six k's together and share bandwidth. Insanity. Oh. Insanity. Huh? Um, all the stuff you could download. But so when much when you look at that and you look at the future, do you think the future is going to be in some sort of a like uh, an implant or some <laughs> smaller and smaller device that lets you interface with the web? I I hope it's not too invasive. I mean, there's already there right there are already people living that kind of cyborg lifestyle now. We've seen the transhuman community mm-hmm. like it's, it's you know the 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 basic level is just quantified self and like having a thing that counts your steps, but like or Google Glass, but you know, they're a next level. Fitbits, all those like, but they're next level. I mean, there really is a transhuman community of people who have, you know, cybernetic eyes who have, um, you know, Wait replaced. Do they really have cybernetic eyes? Yeah. Really? There's a filmmaker, a Canadian filmmaker, actually, Whoa. who's got. He lost an eye in a shooting accident, oh replaced it, um, and, and you know, as a filmmaker, it actually, at least he argues, helped him with his craft. Wow. Uh, but there are you know people who have lost limbs. I, one of the things that actually really intrigued me about the world is that. You know, you have people who have lost limbs, for instance, or are born without them. And replacement limb technology basically hasn't changed uh, at all. Like, it's it, it's the same Civil War, Revolutionary War replacement up until very, very recently. It's basically just like, here's a stick. Um, and there's been so much innovation now in the last couple of decades to help with limb replacement, right? Where you can actually move digits on fingers based on impulses from your armpit. Right. Um, you obviously, there's the Blade Runner. Um, and, and to see the improvements on... Uh, on, on on feet where you can actually run faster on these artificial limbs than on the real ones. Like it's, there are people who are living through this right now because of how they were, because of whether they were born this way or some injury that happened. Um, but you're also seeing people who are deciding to enhance themselves um, through this technology. This bionic eye thing is yeah. freaking me the fuck out. This yeah. is uh, uh, apparently. I don't think they have a completely bionic eye, but they have chips that they've installed in eyes. Yeah, he's. I, you had the filmmakers. Yeah. I can't remember the name. Uh, they figured out a way. Sorry, I don't think yeah. it's a totally fake eye. I think what, unless it's a totally different story. Is yeah. that live science? Yeah. What does it say? Robot madness, it human says, becomes uh, eyeborg. Rob Spence, a one-eyed yeah. filmmaker, holds up a prosthetic eye in the camera he hopes to fit he can fit inside. And I don't know how the, old that article is, but I yeah. this is oh from two thousand nine, never mind. But um but he's been doing a lot of work in this area and meeting a bunch of, you know, fellow cyborgs all over the world talking about this. And like there's a transhuman subreddit. If you go to R slash transhuman, there's an entire community of people, hundreds of thousands, who are talking about 
uh, all of this. Here's uh, the um, article about him that's really recent from okay. March 21st. And it says uh, colorblind, it says color in the English mm, way English. of pronouncing. This is why we had that revolution. Colorblind artist <laughs> becomes world's first eyeborg. An artist is born uh, literally colorblind, is able to hear different colors through an eyeborg antenna that he has now had implanted into the back of his head. Whoa. Just for colors. Wow. Just for colors. He's just colorblind. He's not even mm. blind. 31-year-old Nir Harbison. This guy really wants to see colors. From Camden. How will he know if he's seeing them? If he doesn't never seen them before? How will he know what the fuck that yeah. is? Maybe he Let's thinks it's colors. And you're like, can I borrow your eyes? Bitch, you don't see color. <laughs> fucking shitty-ass <laughs> eyes back. It's like people who were it's trying to ruse. convince you that the first droids were, were good. Dude, it's just like an iPhone. Okay, let me, let me try to make a text message. Eh. Why does it? Why does it vibrate when I touch? You can't touch this. You piece can't of touch shit it. out of here. It worked the, until you touched it. BlackBerry with the fucking push button screen. It would click, oh, click, no. click, click. Do you remember that? I I'm, I had a BlackBerry for a minute in like 2005, 2006, but I that was. Yeah. I well, they were not bad at the time. No, they were great. But there was a BlackBerry attempt at an iPhone-like device. Oh no! Do you remember that? No. Oh, it was mm. deaf. Yeah, BlackBerry Oof. Touch or something like that. Something like that. Really I think that's exactly what it was. Oh, poor BlackBerry. Remember what was dog shit? Too soon, guys. Too soon. Remember when picture messaging had that number and you had to go to a website and then type in the number just Mm -hmm. to see like a very small photo yeah tiny ass little thing yeah Yeah, so this guy's um i mean he's crazy as fuck because he can see and so just to get Uh, colors okay no wait there's there's definitely another dude but this is the artist colorblind artist or there's another guy guy. there's a there's a there's it's just a, a filmmaker who just lost an eye oh they see all this is happening. All, all this is to say, I think we are we're approaching a point where these technologies, basically the internet, uh, have a much more seamless interaction with us. But uh, we still got a little while. Still got still got a little bit. Yeah, um, but pff, whatever. En- enjoy this moment because when it hits, <laughs> it's going to be so fucking weird. When when the, when the singularity does take place, which mm-hmm. I personally think is going to be some sort of an artificial creation, mm-hmm. whether whether it's uh, artificial intelligence or a network that can think for itself, a sentient Get my network. Right. Yeah, one of those things is going to happen, and it's going to be a motherfucker, man. It's going to be a it's going to be a complete flipping of the board table. Yeah. No, it's I. What I like about Kurzweil and the whole singularity push is they, they are optimistic uh, futurists. There are definitely a lot of futurists who are just going to, re- they're real downers. Um, but the Kurzweil one is a pretty uh, pretty positive one. And dude, who wouldn't, I mean, the the crazy thing is, right, if we have enough processing power, all right, if, okay, if life is just perception, right, a little thing that goes, again, not a scientist, um, but it's things that fire that make us feel like we're perceiving this world or that sandwich or that beer or whatever, like, if you have enough processing power to reproduce the human brain, uh, how can we actually tell the difference? I mean, if at the end of the day, it's doing all the same things, right? That's that We're just perceiving a, a world. Uh, it really starts to question, like, consciousness and humanity and all kinds of really big, awesome things. Absolutely. Uh, and what is humanity? Yeah. I mean, is it just the standards that we've accepted because this is what we're accustomed to mm-hmm. and this is our culture and so we just, we don't want to change things? Or in the face of some overwhelming intelligent life that we've created ourselves that it literally becomes gods around us. We're going to have mm. some weird decisions to make as to yeah. what, should we keep fucking? These guys are way better than us. And, and they, they come out of cans. And they could yeah. enslave us. Once, I mean, it, uh, this is this is getting real now. I don't want to oh, worry you guys too not, much about Skynet. Don't, but, uh, don't, don't. I mean, mm. don't worry about it. S- scare the shit out of us. <laughs> no, it's, it, these are, I mean, I don't have answers to this stuff. Um, I've got a front row seat. 
and it's been fascinating. Um, that's one of the things. Um, so Y Combinator was the the VC firm, the seed stage VC firm that first invested in me and Steve like nine years ago. And and I work as a, a sort of advisor and ambassador for them these days. But like the companies that come through there, like I mean, yeah, me and Steve got through with Reddit. But like if we'd applied today, we would just been laughed at. What do you mean? Applied the the if we'd applied today with what we did nine years ago, we would have been laughed out of the room because the the applications, the quality, the richness, how much they've created and how far they've come is so much further along. And so we're, you know, this, you know, companies like Airbnb and Dropbox, for instance, also went through Y Combinator, um, multi-billion dollar companies that started the same way we did, just a couple of founders and pizza and working. And, um, and we're seeing companies now that are doing, like there's a self-driving car company went through the last batch. There, there are a couple of engineers who are, who have outfitted their Audi with a self-driving thing. It looks like a, the thing on top of the police car it looks like one of those things and it's just all the sensors and um they can do highway driving in this audi you can actually like sit in this thing while it drives and it's a self-driving car that uh, three engineers have been hacking on for the last six months like it's just it's it you can just drop your jaw and be like holy shit like this is this is a wild future that is being created right before our eyes by you know people just like me and things like the google glass which i think is just a step i mean along the way it's a gap the gap has to be bridged mm -hmm. i mean it's not going to be bridged in one instant application no. that's a, an injection of nanoparticles into your body that allows to you to interface your you know your retina and your visual cortex mm -hmm. with the world wide web as distributed through government wi-fi i mean that's probably a hundred years from now or whatever it is mm -hmm. 10 years from now who knows how things get crazy probably tomorrow probably next week but the the Google Glass is the bridge. I mean, it has to be. There's got to be a Google Glass, and there's got to be a Google contact lens, and then there's got to be something else. And it's it's going to happen just like we went from the brick phone. You know, they were in the oh, rap yeah. videos, oh, yeah. and everybody was balling. They had that big ass brick phone. Yeah, bitch, I'm talking to you, oh, yeah. and you ain't nowhere near me. Saved by the Bell. Yeah, uh, Zach Morris phone. Yeah, or the ones that were in the suitcase. That was another cool oh, invention with, like a, with a cord. It was a corded yeah. phone in a suitcase. Mm -hmm. Hello, I'm Those walking the down the street. <laughs> on the phone. That's how important I am. You know, and people would get real real angry and uppity when they would see those. They didn't like it. People could, get I upset. Could I could see that. They didn't like it. Look at this fucking asshole with his fucking phone coming out of his suitcase. You should be using your phone for your home. Or, uh, Why don't you go get a job? Get a fucking job, yeah. you homo. Walking around with your phone. But now it's... It's changed. It's... So small. I mean, they're sliding into pockets, and you open them up, and they fucking show you the world. Mm -hmm. And I think no one who had one of those stupid brick phones ever saw that coming. No, nah. no, definitely not. And that's a bridge that's been gapped in my lifetime mm -hmm. through my memory. A decades, uh, yeah. And yeah. I'm a hundred percent aware of when it happened. I had a really, I had a cell phone in 1989. Mm -hmm. I had a cell phone in my car. Wait, like. A car phone? Yeah, uh, I had a car phone. Wait, would it? Uh, how would that work? It Cigarette lighter? was stuck into the into the oh, car. It was shit. installed in the car itself. Yeah, it baller. Had buttons baller. right there. Well, it was uh, it was a girl that I was dating. Her, um, I wound up buying the car from her, and her parents bought her a car. But she got a standard, like a mm -hmm. stick shift. Yeah. She hated Didn't know how to it. Drive. She uh, hated driving a standard. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I was dating her at the time. So I wound up taking the car and then eventually paying her for it. But it was like. She installed this car phone. Wow. Would, you make, yeah. would, you make it a, would you make it? Would you make a habit of 
taking calls from it? No, no, no. You can't. It was stupid, stupid expensive. <laughs> and it was like right after it all happened, like we started breaking up. So it was like she couldn't even drive the car. So I, dr- I was driving the car. And then I was sending her money for it. it was, the whole thing was a disaster. Jeez. Okay, so the lesson learned is never <laughs> buy a car with a car phone. Yeah. Well, no, at the time it was a ridiculous <laughs> thing to have. But it was pretty crazy. I don't remember why she wanted to get her or why we wound up getting a phone. No one needed it at the time. There was only like a few people that I even knew that I'd ever seen one at the time. Yeah. There was a guy named Jackie Flynn. Do you know who Jackie Flynn is? Mm-hmm. Jackie Flynn's a comic. He's been in a bunch of the Farrelly Brothers movies. Very funny guy. He was the first guy that I ever saw that had a, a car phone. I was like, this is the craziest fucking thing ever. This guy can just call people. <laughs> Anytime he wants. He's but like, it's okay. stupid expensive. And it wouldn't work everywhere. It would like, uh, you would drive no. down the street. It wasn't like now, like it's odd to get shitty service. Mm-hmm. Then it was fairly standard. Like most of the time you got shit service. All right, and if you're driving, uh, you're constantly going in and out of services. You'd pull over to the side of the road and just wait. Or you, you'd keep driving until you got good enough service, then immediately pull over. Yeah, that was a big one. start making a call, man. Yeah, especially if it's Oof. an important call. You can't go over the, you can't, to this day, you can't go over Laurel Canyon if you got something to say. I see. You can't trust it. For sure, with everybody's phone, there's going to be a bump in the road. I'm still, see, I'm still, still learning about this whole LA thing. The 405. Don't fuck around the 405. When yeah. you come over that hill, when you're going into the valley, if you're coming from uh, Santa Monica and you're going over that hill, uh-huh. prepare for death. Yep. There's <laughs> no cell phone coverage when you get over that hump. I, see. I don't know why they can't fix that. You know it's there, no, stupid. It's, 20, it's 21st century. People. Not only that, they're building a 19-lane highway up there. I mean, the highway is fucking enormous. It's the biggest highway you've ever seen in your life. 19? I don't know how many lanes oh, it is. LA, it's insane. Boston. They're so big. I I grew up in Boston, and the mm-hmm. first time I came to California, I went to um, uh, Bellflower. I took a ride down to Bellflower, which mm-hmm. is uh, um, down uh, down the 405 and to the 91. But okay. I couldn't believe how big the highway was. I couldn't believe it. I was driving. I was like, this is insane. The amount of concrete. Because all those old yeah. Boston highways were all like four lanes, two up, two Pretty back. Small. That's yeah. it. These things were giant, like multiple lanes, five, six, seven lanes on each side. See, you guys know what you're doing here with the car thing. No, there's just why, too many people. And that's why self-driving cars will change everything. I'm telling you, is there going to ever be, there is purportedly, I'm a, I mean, I'm a New York guy now, so like, I love my public transportation. Do you guys, is that? It's non-existent. It's not happening. It's hey, non-existent. Sub, isn't there, there's yeah, it's, supposed I mean, to be I've, a bus in some I've done it, it depends where you want to go. Like I live in Burbank, and so there's like, uh, right in North Hollywood, there's a, a station, you can take it, pretty much drop your car off, and go right to the Staples Center. So if there was an event at the Staples Center, you just go in and out. But other than that, it, the problem is they don't have it good, like they don't have it in Santa Monica, they don't have it like the beach towns, the, and it's, it's just not as cool. Like you have to. It's not good. The system places. also, like the city, is so spread out. Mm. Like yeah. California is so spread out, and people are not really into the idea of being in a car with a bunch of other people. <laughs> Everybody's so self-important out here and so non-integrated. <laughs> it's one of the things that I. One of the things I was thinking of when uh, uh, I was starting to uh, raise my kids. I was thinking. Maybe my kids would probably do better if they lived somewhere like New York, where they kind of had to interface with people all the time on a regular basis, a bunch of different strangers all the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas like California, where everybody's like, we go from one box into another box, and occasionally we see people that step out of their boxes, and then they go in their boxes, and we all go our separate way. Whereas in New York, yeah. everybody's sort of like meshing. Bumping in. Boston, too. Yeah. Would M- you, less in Boston. Would you ever move back east? No, not too. It's too cold. Wow. It's too ridiculous. Wow, you're just... It's wrong kind of cold. Okay. That wet cold. Yeah, Colorado dry cold. I like yeah. that wet cold is ridiculous. See, I, I, I was 
born and raised <laughs> on the East Coast, man. I don't know <laughs> if I could ever. I could ever give it up. Oh, that's Dude, so I lived, I lived in San Francisco for two minutes. If it fell into the ocean, you'd still st- you'd stay alive. I'd stay in... Oh, well... You'd, you'd figure out I'd a way. I'd find a way. Yeah. yeah but that's I just, what I'm saying. Yeah, all right. But I... I <laughs> I uh, I just never I don't know and there's so much obviously there's so much in tech going on in San Francisco mm-hmm. um, and actually LA's tech scene not too shabby not Is too shabby really? well Snapchat's the one everyone talks about right now that's all dick pics fueled uh, by Tinder? vaginas and, and tits. Tinder's Tinder is is LA as well I hate Snapchat yeah. what do you think about Snapchat I just it I I don't me off. I tried using it for a minute but uh, I just don't does know. it get to a point that just like every kind of technology do you get to a certain age that you start not getting it oh that's maybe that's what that's actually that's, that's what I definitely think it is. what it is yeah that's what it is because on the college tour every every kid's Snapchatting yeah. all the things every girl I know uh, Snapchatting yeah, yeah people like it. Mm. Whatever, I don't get it's it. fine. People look for fun shit to do on their phone, you mm. know. And if something comes along, it gives you a time limit on a picture. Woo! There's my asshole. Mm. Woo! <laughs> you know, you motherfucker, you took a screenshot. I said, let me know. Yeah, but I, I, I don't close to home, Joe. Is that? Well, it doesn't have to. First of all, you don't. People are so stupid. All you have to do is take a picture of the fucking screen yeah, with or a camera. Video. That's, That's really video. meta. It's so dumb. Yeah. It's like it's not. You don't really need to s- snapshot it. There's no. Oh. You, you, nothing goes away anymore. I mean, you, you yes. can't send it to someone no, and hope first, it goes away. First rule: assume if it is digital, it is everywhere. And then the second rule is assume if there's a photo of you online somewhere, someone has photoshopped a dick in your mouth. And now even mm. more with this new Heartbleed exploit mm. that's going on that the government made. I mean, a hacker made. Oh, that. That's good. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. I forgot. Yeah. What what percentage mm. of people on Reddit are government disinformation agents that are designed to interrupt <laughs> conversations and turn the tide uh, on climate control? Let's say if you go to Reddit, Reddit what, what the climate like control argument? Environment are actually one of the one of the subs. I don't remember because every subreddit is its own form, its own community with its own moderators. One of them actually banned climate deniers. Like, they basically say, we're not going to... And then, you know, it, what typically happens is, this is like any WordPress blog deciding, hey, we're no longer going to post stories about blah. So if people really want it, they go and create a new subreddit, and they're like, fuck you guys, we're creating right. real politics, or really real politics, or whatever it is. So it's a it's a, it's a a robust enough system that, like, new things rise. But like, So they'll, bo- they'll ban climate deniers from one forum, but the climate deniers can open up their own forum yes. as well. Basically, like... Creating a subreddit is really like creating a WordPress blog, but you're part of a much larger network. Oh. And so every subreddit has its own moderation team. Like Snoop, for instance, is a moderator of our trees. That's ridiculous. Amazing. Snoop moderates? Yeah. That's he's a dope. He's, he's active, uh, quite active. It is dope. <laughs> he, uh, that's is, about as dope as it gets. It's right? pretty, it's pretty spectacular. But like, nizzle, my nizzle. People, people can create. Uh, these the sort of forms in these communities and run them as they see fit. And if people don't like it, they create another one. Um, Dude, that's amazing. But, like, but on the whole, we work really, really, really hard to mitigate um, sort of ring voting and, and cheating to try to mm-hmm. uh, goose up stories or goose down don'ts. So, I mean, I am sure, you know, as soon as Reddit became as, you know, 200 whatever million people, as soon as it became as large as it was, or at some point it tipped over and people realized it is in our best interest to be here now there are always there are the social media douchebags who you know are upvoting all their garbage marketing content yeah. um, but I'm sure I, I'd be naive to say that there weren't states trying to help encourage and some content and discourage others but we like I said we work really hard nothing there's no perfect system um, but I'm sure people are trying but I, the vast majority of people are just regular people uh, yeah I, I agree with you I think um, there's always going to be someone who tries to do that but mm-hmm. 
you're dealing with a, the numbers of humans are so great. It would be really difficult for someone to subvert that system as like a clandestine yeah. group trying to intercept ideas and throw disinformation into them. There's just so many really smart people out there that can see through bullshit and that mm -hmm. will post you know, like contradicting information mm -hmm. and, and show what's wrong with this and then spend a lot of time to make you look stupid. Yes. You know, like those guys are good yeah. at it, man. Yeah. There's some fucking awesome discussions on, on whether it's on Reddit or I have a message board that's been around since 1998. Right, and, you're an OG, uh, man. See, yeah. You know exactly. In this form, as a like a V bulletin, it's been around since yeah. 2001. Right on. You know, um, and... It's not the best system, though. It's a good system. It's easy to go back and read, mm -hmm. you know, but it's not the best system as far as, like, getting the best stuff to rise to the top. It's like the Reddit system of vote-ups and vote-downs. Mm -hmm. That's, like, it seems to be, like, a really good way of uh, eradicating shitty ideas or at least non, you know, non-unanimous opinions mm -hmm. or opinions that unanimously voted against. Do uh, do you know guys know? Check out our Joe Rogan. I wonder. I imagine there's an, an active Joe Rogan. So. Oh yeah, there, yeah. There's Joe Rogan experiences, which uh, I always yeah. roll on, and then there's uh, here's Joe Rogan experience, which is pretty pretty good. There's uh, I think twenty one thousand people that that do it. Oh snap! And so subscribers, you know, those are like Twitter followers, right? So yeah. subscribers are about maybe a tenth of the actual people looking, because only about a tenth will be subscribed. Mm -hmm. So there's probably about two hundred thousand. Uh, it's almost a quarter million. Now, how do you keep mm. someone from, like, say, if someone was uh, on Reddit and they were mm. posting something about an ex-girlfriend or being mm. rude about information mm. or photos, how do you stop that stuff from happening? Well, I mean, it depends. It depends on the situation, right? Like, Reddit as a platform, uh, like Twitter, um, doesn't actually... Actually, no, Twitter does host. Sorry. So Reddit, Reddit does not host content. So... We, well, I guess we host text, but we don't host images or video. Um, so oftentimes those things will be on YouTube or Imager, and that's, you know, we're kind of like a traffic sign or like a map to mm -hmm. it. Um, but we can't do anything about the actual content. Um, and in the event of, you know, content that's posted, the generally accepted rule is if it is legal, then we will let it stand. And that has been, you know, it... Every, like I said, every subreddit gets moderated. So most, the vast majority of them are moderated such that like garbage content like that, like on your form, you wouldn't want a bunch of garbage content floating up like that that wasn't adding any value. And so you have the opportunity to, you know, as a moderator, ban it. Um, but as a general platform, uh, the thinking is if it is legal, we're okay with it. Um, even if, you know, in some instances it is distasteful, the vast, like I said, the vast majority of the content is just harmless or good it's also i feel like with a lot of the distasteful stuff that people mm -hmm. are getting really upset about i think that it's one of those things that the human race is just going to have to go through it's it's like a, a phase or a stage in this integration with information that we're going through there's still anonymity mm -hmm. and the anonymity is something that people cherish and they cherish their quote-unquote privacy and mm -hmm. their rights to privacy and they have all these ideas about it but that's that's going to be like saying you don't want to see people anymore it's really what yeah. it's going to be like i reserve the right to not see people okay well if you go <laughs> in the woods and go deep 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 in the woods where there's no people Enjoy. you cannot see people yeah. however 
if you want to be in cities, you're going to have to see people. Fuck! <laughs> and that's sort of what's going to happen when it comes to people being assholes online. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be as simple as you're hiding behind uh, DuckTuck69. You know, that's your name. Mm-hmm. And you're distributing all sorts of nasty, evil shit. And then what did you think about, here's a good example, that one guy that he, he was on Reddit and he was like, Apparently, he was very rude and put a lot of nasty shit on. They found out mm-hmm. who he was, mm-hmm. and he got fired from his job. And it mm-hmm. turned out, like, this is a guy who's got a family, and he had to support them, and now he's, like, been publicly shamed. Mm-hmm. What, was, what was your feeling on that? Um, well, which part? Like, you know what? The the price you pay for uh, freedom or for the freedom to post stuff is to take have to take responsibility for it as a content creator. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like... At the end of the day, you know, you create the soapbox. So, like, we created a kind of soapbox or a printing press or a hammer, right? Like, any kind of tool. And so, at the end of the day, we're not responsible for what, like, ultimately someone does with a hammer or a printing press, the vast majority of which is good, sometimes cannot be. And, you know, he <laughs> he essentially paid the price for that. Mm. Um, and it's, it's frustrating because, uh, on the whole the vast majority of people who pick up that hammer are you know, like any random Twitter user or any random, any random person, like just being reasonable, normal people. And some of them aren't. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a matter of saying, you know what, we, we want to have this be that open platform. We, there's no, fundamentally, there's no way to stop or police every single thing that gets done in real time. Um, we make our best effort. And when on occasion there are things that are illegal, well, we do what we need to do. But, um, well, apparently this guy was a real douchebag online, just as mm-hmm. a real asshole and rude. And so people sort of justified that he could be taken down because of that. But in his defense, and it's a sketchy defense, um, mm-hmm. what I would say is that if, you, if the precedent's been set and the precedent is anonymity, mm-hmm. and there's some people that get a charge out of using that anonymity to poke at people mm-hmm. and be rude and nasty, and they get some weird sort of sick charge out of it, okay, yes, they definitely are causing discomfort. Yes, they are definitely probably, quote unquote, cyber harassing. But that precedent of anonymity is very strange mm-hmm. because- once we've established sort of what we think is going to be the, the standard reaction to these things, people are going to get upset, they're going to ban screen names, but what they're not going to do is find out who you are and then go to your employer and expose mm. all your shit. And once that does happen, it's like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought we were playing a game. Like, he, yeah. he, he might have gotten out of hand, but he probably thought at least part of it was him playing this game that was afforded to him by anonymity and probably what we understand the laws to be. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, the, the real, so, so one of the things that has, is generally accepted is this idea of, um, not the challenges. So this is, this is pseudonymity that he had a pseudonym. He, he did not, or, or any one of us who goes online to use a pseudonym still has some kind of a persona online and they probably use that account elsewhere. They, they do, or maybe they don't. Um, but there's some acceptance in this new world that like all of one can find out almost anything about sort of publicly available stuff about us with enough searching with enough sleuthing with enough phone calls with enough tenacity right every investigative journalist has been doing this forever but like there is this challenge that like there is no there is no easy answer for this because 
ultimately there is going to be, right, that's going to show up as a website. It's going to show up as blahblahblahsrealidentity.com. And some really determined person is going to create that thing that's going to out whatever it is. And there aren't very clear laws around this just because it hasn't really, it, I mean, there's no precedent for it. And, uh, and so for the time being, it becomes, you know, try as much as possible to discourage it, this idea of like, quote unquote, doxing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no... Why do they call it doxing? Uh, I actually don't know the etymology of it, but like to find the documents around, right. I, I presume, I don't actually know. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of phrase for it. But, uh, but it's a matter of figuring that out. And I'm not, I, I, I think we are still as a society figuring that out um, because it... I, <laughs> But we like trolls in a way. Like people like funny trolls. Like I, I, I'd like some trolls on my message board. I've got some people on my message board that are just hilarious. There are, and it's so tough to draw that distinction because I know what you're talking about. There, right? It's a, it's a kind of a game they're playing. Yeah, and the kind of a game is they're trying to piss people off, and they're they're trying to get people to argue with them, and mm-hmm. sometimes they'll argue both sides. You know, they're just yes. they're, they're they're having fun. Yeah, and they might do it, and some people take it real deep. Just like I was saying that if Stan Hope was in the room and I was on mm. stage talking shit, I might say something extra fucked up just to make him laugh. Right. I think they do that with each other as well, and I'm not saying mm. that it's all innocent, but mm. I am saying that if you do look at it all honestly and objectively, you've got to leave room for the entertainment value of people fucking with people on the internet because there's something to it. Yeah, and there is look, and there is a there's a there's a precedent for this, right? In meat space, like hecklers, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is meat space. That's yeah, what you call as it? opposed to cyberspace, like like there's a precedent for this, and right. and I think there is. And, and and one thing I should stress is that just having a real identity does not stop people from being assholes on the internet. Facebook is a perfect example, right? You could have your photo, your full mm-hmm. name, and trust me, we've all seen those screenshots. Maybe we've even seen them on our friends' posts, but like people say some awful, offensive, horrible stuff and just on dumb Facebook too. with their name next to it. Like they say some unbelievably dumb shit too. <laughs> so so having having a real ID will not stop people from being obnoxious or stupid or you know whatever adjective. Well I don't think it'll stop them, but what it will do is open them up for the consequences of such behavior that they may have been unaware of. And that's what the interaction yeah. that the internet provides to the, the, the average douchewad from 20 <laughs> years ago never experienced. Mm. You're not going to experience if you if you're just one of those guys that has some fucking racist thing that you spout out in your neighborhood mm. and nobody calls you on it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe because you're big or maybe because or you're important. Maybe it's because it's the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But if you put that shit on your Facebook page and someone takes a photo of it and then mm-hmm. puts it on Reddit, boom, shalak, lock, boom. <laughs> it's coming at you, son. Yeah. Fucking thousands of people you never met calling you a cunt, saying they know where you live, saying they're going to find you and smack the shit out of you, saying they're going to shit in your mouth and hold it down. That's <laughs> I mean, really specific. They get, hey. Well, it's people fucking get specific. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, they get in trouble for violence and threats because that becomes non-anonymous as well. That's why you should make a real value on karma points so then people wouldn't be dicks and they could actually get something, you know. How could you have a real value? What would the exchange it for U.S. dollars? I I don't know. Make it an exchange for Bitcoins or or angels and demons. What do you think about Bitcoin? Uh, Do you feel like Bitcoin is like a... well, no, what do you feel? I'm, an, uh, I'm actually an investor in a couple of Bitcoin stocks. Uh, I know um, it! So I'm pretty... You're one of them! I'm pretty bullish. I'm not like... I'm not like this is going to. I, I'm not at the like ten level where this mm. is like end of governments, end of states. Like we are living in it. Like, but I am, I am. I think I'm most interested in the fact that these, like, basically transferring units of value 
has been really hard and needlessly expensive for too long because banks make a lot of, like, I, taking a, I think Bank of America charges me $25 to do an overnight wire. And it's like, come on, guys, it's ones and zeros. You don't need, there's not a bunch of guys in the factory floor being like, we got to get this wire to Denmark tomorrow. Like, <laughs> right. it's absurd. And, and so there, the, so much of the financial system has these, it, like a lot of revenue tied into moving ones and zeros. Cryptocurrency, whether it's Bitcoin or whether it's Dogecoin or whether it's whatever coin, um, pod is, coins, is pod going coin to now. be really there's yep. a pod, of course there is. Yep, course How, there how's is. the Kardashian coin? Wasn't there a Kim Kardashian or is it Kanye? I don't know. I talk about it on this podcast. Yeah. All right. Oh, Kim. <laughs> oh. Pride of the Armenian people. Uh, well, but, uh, listen, you can't deny the ass. I, that is that is undeniable. See, um, but the whole thing's a mess, but hey, what are you going to do? Yeah, It's part of what makes us fun. I think that's, part of what makes true. people fun is our folly. I think yeah. if we were all beautiful and perfect and Dalai Lama-esque, yeah. come on, man, a bunch of people wearing orange everywhere and no one's getting their dick sucked. It would be ridiculous. It would be boring. That does it not would, sound like fun at all. Exactly. There'd yeah. be no freakness. And people like that, wrong or right, they provide that extra <laughs> that extra stupidity to life that makes the flavor. It's just like a, a hint of basil in the stew that just makes the whole thing. You can that get is... by without the basil, but... It just adds something to it. Yeah, the ridiculous yeah. fucking dance that we... A lot of notes are involved in this ridiculous yeah. dance. Yeah. All of it together is beautiful, though. Wow, the symphony of life. Symphony of Damn. life. Bittersweet Joe as it Rogan may be. On Kim Kardashian. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, but yes, bullish on uh, cryptocurrencies. I think it's it's going to be it's going to be real interesting. Do you know uh, Andreas Antonopoulos? I feel like I should know that. Well, you should. Oh, geez. He is the Jesus of Bitcoin. Oh, he will be on the podcast again on the twenty oh. second. Oh, excellent! And he said he's been preparing for you, Brian. Are you, a, are you a skeptic? Brian uh, threw some no. surprise curveballs at him. I did. And he got no, <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> but you were slightly. I mean, Brian's skeptical I, about Bitcoin. I, well, more than the, I am. The weird thing is, is that I don't like how your IP address is public. They say it's not. You make it. They say it's not. It is though. But has, apparently, um, I don't know. But according to them, they say there's ways and, that it's and, not. And then immediately sense? after, okay, let's, let's let's find out right and now. And immediately after he gave me some bitcoins, some other person just gave me some bitcoins. I'm like, all right, so somebody's now stalking me because I and got some but bitcoins. Look, but they're giving you, oh, oh. you know what but I mean? Right. Yeah. But where did this person just immediately? But they're just come? giving you money. Is this guy just tracking every number? And don't be a pussy. Like, oh. Guy's trying to give you some and money. Then, and then with the, the the tracking of the IP address, I feel like that there's just some weird. There's something going on that I don't know about, and I don't like it. <laughs> like the oh, IP address God. things freaks me out. All right, here it says doing so might leak the fact that you are using Bitcoin Frog, but no other details. Um, okay, so there's ways around it. Bitcoin fog is a way around it, apparently. Yeah, sure. There's a way around it. Got to use See, fog. Go. Yeah, for the <laughs> highest level anonymity, you need Tor. You will need yes. Tor. Tor is an open source, open source, open source, open source, open source anonymization <laughs> network. For a short overview, tour, the tour browser bundle. So now the only people that know what you're yeah. doing is this company that's anonymous. Hey, the government. Will be no, the no, government. No, no, tour's legit. Tour's legit. You say so, but when the fucking tour train comes oh, crashing off the fucking train and into the woods, where are you going to be? I'll tell you where you're going to be. You're going to be selling books. Here is. <laughs> without their permission by Alexis Hohanian. What's the name of it? Oh, thank you. Yeah, there's no, there's no title on the cover, oh, just cool. the symbols, man. Nice. Without their permission. The um, but real talk is this the name of the book without their permission? Yeah. Oh yeah. The uh, 
the real talk though, you know, uh, there is. Are you gonna be real right now? Oh yeah. Are you keeping it real? This technology tour is maze balls. Uh, it is the thing when you hear about Chinese dissidents who mm-hmm. are looking at Tiananmen Square massacre photos, right? Even though there's the Great Firewall, it's because of Tor. Whoa, really? And, and this is—I mean, it's been—it's been like it is—it it, it really is one of those pure forms of. So it's open source software, right? So you can take a look at the source anytime for you know not only improving it but also just sort of promoting that transparency. Um, but it's the thing that lets us actually get through any of the states that want to try their hardest i mean china spent a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of smart people trying to keep the internet down but thanks to the tour and resourceful humans you know that's, they, they lose that's pretty fucking badass yeah. i love hearing shit like that yeah. that's such an interesting thing when something comes along that just is built by people and smarter than the oppressors and not a business it's it's an open source project it's like a bunch of people got their leg i think like, software is best explained as well maybe not best but i like explaining it as like legos and so a bunch of people through the internet with like pseudonyms who maybe never even met each other in real life brought together their digital lego kits to build something cool that no one had built before that now lets anyone like i said open uh, openly surf uh, the internet in spite of like some of the most powerful and repressive states in the world what did you think when that um older Japanese gentleman who they oh, credited yeah. with creating Bitcoin, but mm-hmm. apparently maybe didn't. Did not. Uh, and they really hounded this fucking guy and yeah. waited outside his house and knocked on his door. And this is scary yeah. stuff. It seemed it seemed like some rather excessive journalism, to say the least. Well, not just excessive, but incorrect yeah. harassment. Well, and they, But then they, have they not? I know they responded by saying we're sticking to the story. I don't know if they've since backed off. Well, of course, off of it. why not stick to the story? It's just some poor little man yeah. that you can fucking harass. Even if he did correct, encrypt it or whatever, uh, figure it out, code it. If he did create Bitcoin or it was one of the people who created Bitcoin, you'd have no right to hound him like that. And he made it very clear he didn't want. Yeah, the attention. He doesn't want anything, and you, yeah. you're standing outside of his house, ringing his doorbell, sticking cameras in his face. Fuck oh. you, man. You can't do that. Just the, there's proper channels. You send a, a letter or an email. Would yeah. you like to be interviewed? If not, leave him the I'll fuck alone. Story. Yeah. What the? What did the guy do that's so awful? The guy came up with some sort of an algorithm to mm-hmm. make an alternative currency. Mm-hmm. So you think that you're okay to stick a fucking camera in his face and broadcast his image mm-hmm. without his permission to the whole fucking world? Mm-hmm. And now that they're not sure whether or not they're correct or not, that's like, awkward. God damn, it's awkward. It <laughs> yeah. seems like that guy should be getting paid. What was his name? Satoshi. Well, Satoshi. He, his I don't remember what his actual name was. That was a uh, pseudonym. Yeah, it's this fucking it's scary shit, man. So you can mask the the thing. That's good. But the the thing that freaked me out though was how in private, sort of, I guess, somebody gave me some bitcoins just to mm-hmm. show me how to do it, mm-hmm. and then later that night, I just got. He's a bug. But like, and then so did Jam Band. Free money. Jamie. I know, but, but Doge, that's like, that freaks me out. It's like, why are people just sending me money now that don't even know who I am just based on they my want, IP address? They have a vested interest in you joining. Like, it's the kind of system that gets more valuable as more people join it and do business on it. And, I mean, just like, you know, dollars, right? I mean, dollars are a, a store that's valued all over most parts of the world because people are cool doing business in it. Uh, so, similar idea. So, like, because it's still at the fore, uh, everyone who's into this is pretty bullish on it and they want as many other people that they can get on i mean what's crazy well all you have to do is have people uh, involved that want it to work legitimizes and it will it. work yeah it's and, just gonna take time and it's it's been the the challenge for bitcoin is now is this going to be something people are going to be buying stuff in online so like overstock made headlines 
Um, they partnered with Coinbase, which is one of those companies I backed, by accepting Bitcoin and like you know processing non-trivial amounts of money. People buying furniture in Bitcoin online. Uh, more Tiger more vendors, Direct, Tiger There's Direct doing it. Are you guys computers. are you guys taking Bitcoin donations? No, we don't take donations. No, there's no, no well, beggar. Only you two. Well, they don't want people to know my IP address. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't I d- take any do- donations. Is it safe to put your Bitcoin IP address out to accept Bitcoins? Meaning, like, I was thinking yes. about doing it, but mm-hmm. then I was like, wait, so then I have people are like, no, you don't want to put your number out publicly. Not your encrypted, uh, this is, well... There, there is one you definitely do not want to share publicly. Right. Um, but you can generate. So if you use Coinbase, use something else. You can generate a key that's free to distribute uh, that people will use to give you okay. currency. Yeah, it's, it's very confusing for like that because I, I think I almost put out my bad key oh, yeah. out to everybody. See, and isn't, what, there was a dead. <laughs> so then people can just <laughs> take your they bitcoins. Take, they take the value that's stored. Yeah, like that Mt. Gox shit. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is one of the most hilarious stories of all time. The fact that it's all Magic the Gathering, uh, online online exchange, exchange, and then from there it becomes one of the biggest Bitcoin exchanges on the internet. It's totally not coded correctly, Mm -hmm. and people are just sticking knife holes into the bottom of the bag. It's stealing blood to the point where hundreds of millions of dollars in Bitcoin is missing. Yeah, kind of a cluster. Who stole all that money, do you know? I, you know what? Would you he, tell us? I'm not did? allowed to tell you guys. No, mm. I don't. So there's dig there's, guys. There's plenty. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's already plenty of internet speculation. Well, um, it's weird because it seems like you should be able to track them. It seems like mm. you should be able to know where they are. Yeah. It seems like that's just another step that's missing from this equation that would make money all the more. I mean, it would really make it all the more tangible if you could track it, if you mm. know where it was. I mean, you have. Uh, I actually don't know the specifics of the Mt. Gox heist, um, but generally speaking, any one of those transactions is a part of the public register or public record. Like mm-hmm. it's that much. I mean, you don't know a lot. So about they just it, but didn't you know, know that there's a, or they didn't pay attention while it was going on. No, I don't. I don't actually know the specifics of it. I I, I think the general consensus online was that it was some kind of an inside job as part <gasps> of. Uh, uh, yeah. Inside job, that motherfucker. I don't know, but yeah, he, he looks like he might be the inside jobby type, <laughs> shifty looking fuck. Where's my bitcoins? Yeah, the uh, but but here's the thing. After all of those, you know, there have been a number of quote unquote crashes, um, and and Bitcoin continues to persevere, continues to expand. I mean, it's it and and ultimately, it may not be Bitcoin. It may be another cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Dogecoin is an amazing community. They sponsored a NASCAR at Talladega. Really? Um, they they got the Olympic or they got the Jamaican bobsled team to the Olympics so at awesome. Sochi. True story. Really? Yeah, they did a big fundraiser on Crowd Tilt, raised like thirty grand. Didn't they in have Doge a movie? Coins. Disney? Well, yeah, Disney no, the original to the cool fucking runnings. Olympics. How about yeah. you? No, Disney's not Disney. You not them checks. Jesus, Mm-mm. Disney. Mm-mm. Come on, yeah, you. They got boy. That was like a big thing for a while. Like everybody was like making fun of the Jamaican bobsled team. How hilarious it was. Mm-hmm. Then it just lost its novelty. Until Dogecoin but they're comes back. Along. Until Dogecoin. Uh, That's interesting. So you're more bullish on Dogecoin than Bitcoin. I- <laughs> You know, I, you I'm, I'm no, I'm I'm excited about cryptocurrency as a whole. Mm. I think Bitcoin certainly come the farthest um, in terms of mainstream. Like there's there are random subways in Pennsylvania taking Doge coins for your five dollar foot long. Really? But yeah, but but Doge is this satire that people are actually taking seriously. Like it's it's like it's very clearly a joke that everyone's in on. But in that spirit, lots of people are like, yeah, look, it's taking the piss out of cryptocurrency. And like, that's kind of funny. And its mascot is a Shiba Inu. And so yeah, why not? Uh, and it's, it's bizarrely gotten momentum in part 
on the heels of this um, tipping system. So like forever in a day, people have pitched micro tips um, like this idea, like Flatter was one. There's another one called Tip Joy, where it was like if you're a blogger, you're a podcaster, one of your users can come on and be like, that was cool. Here's five cents. And, and that was really the idea. Saw a lot of pitches for this. None of them took off uh, for a variety of reasons. What Dogecoin has been able to do, and it exists on Reddit, it exists on Twitter, is developers have created these tip bots so that if you say something cool on Reddit, you just type in a comment with this particular syntax and it'll tell me, oh, look, Joe Rogan just tipped me 5,000 Dogecoins. Now, that's actually not a lot of USD, but it feels like, hey, it's 5,000 things. What is this? Let me go collect it. And in, like weirdly enough, it has gotten a lot of momentum. And so there's a, there's, there are Twitter bots where people are routinely tipping each other in Doge. Well, that's a nice uh, sentiment. Like, it I is. like the idea behind it. And it but it's all, and it's all this, this farce of like to the moon, which is the, the ultimate ambition of Dogecoin <laughs> people. It, it was originally a Bitcoin thing. That has really been embraced by the Dogecoin community. Um, and I met, God, I met people all over the country. We were, we were at University of Central Florida, and some students came up on stage with a giant Dogecoin. It wasn't a check, but like equivalent of what it looked like one to present to me um, because they really <laughs> wanted me on board with uh, Dogecoin. I guess that makes me a Shiba. Uh, sheep now. Wow. But, uh, I have a dog that's half Shiba, you know? Oh, there you go. See? Oh, oh, wow. When the Dogecoin community finds out about this, Joe... Big deal. It's, it's be a exciting. huge deal. Yeah. He's half bulldog though. He's Whoa. a mess. Poor little guy. A bull bull sheep. What would you just? I don't know. Call him. <laughs> nice dog. It's a sweetie. It's very friendly. You guys don't have a photo? <laughs> He's got arthritis yeah, of my dog. No, I put pictures of my dogs up online. You're using Instagram all wrong, man. You right. Got, I got a photo of my cat like every ten. It's a good move. Photos. Well, I put your picture up. I, oh, your drawing. That's not going to get you. Oh, that that'll get you a few upvotes. Maybe, that, maybe two. Something. I don't uh. care. Whatever it works. <laughs> Whatever it gets. Um, when you look at the the potential that th- places like Reddit and these information sort of uh, distribution networks have, mm-hmm. does it kind of freak you out that you're a part of that? Like you're you're a part of one of the biggest ones. Like as far as it, it wakes me out a little bit just because I still think like I, I still think of it as a project. My buddy and I just graduated from college. Like we were eating pizza. How many employees do you guys apartment? have now? Reddit's up to 40. I'm on the board now, so I don't know So you're outside for sure. chilling, collecting fat checks. It's not quite. Driving around, grabbing your balls everywhere. Mm, mm, mm. It is like you were a fly on my wall, Joe. I know how you yeah, think. I can tell guys like, like you. You got a certain look about you. One of them ball-grabbing, smiling dudes. Yeah. Just driving down the street. That's, it's like you're in my head, man. Um, does, it, does it feel weird to be a part of it? Do you feel oh, like yeah. uh, an obligation? Um, in any way, I mean, I think the biggest obligation I felt was during uh, was it two years ago the so these SOPA PIPA bills, these two awful bills were going to break the internet. Yeah. What what got me at the time? I was working on another startup called Hitmonk, a travel search website, and and then the SOPA PIPA thing happened, and all my friends were like, please "Explain to people who don't know what SOPA, Sopa PIPA, PIPA sure. is, please." Um, the Stop Online Piracy Act and the Protect IP Act, and the first is a House bill, the second was a Senate bill. Um, uh, the entertainment industry basically spent almost $100 million lobbying for these two bills to curb piracy. That was the intent. And that's what they said. Except the lobbyists who wrote these bills were the, like, it was, it, the, the bills were embarrassing in terms of how broad and overreach. It was like a sledgehammer for what they said was a scalpel. And it would have really fucked up the internet. It would have made Reddit impossible for me and Steve to start. It would have made all user-generated content 
uh, particularly uh, difficult to, to have. Like, it would have really, really screwed things up. And I got involved because everyone in D.C. who knew better than me about politics said these two bills were inevitable. And, and I was like, well, that's going to really screw <sighs> things up. So I, I borrowed a tie from my dad and I started going and lobbying and, like, meeting with senators and representatives and telling them, look, I'm an entrepreneur. I lived this amazing entrepreneurial life thanks to the open Internet. And if you pass either of these bills... My story never would have happened, and, and so many others just like it never would have, and you're really screwing up one of the most viable technologies we have. And uh, long story short, we won, and, and I say we, and I mean hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who called in, like melted the phone lines, um, the webs- uh, like 3,000 websites went dark on January 18th. Um, protesting this, and it was it was amazing. I'd never been a part of something like that that was so successful. Those bills became toxic for anyone. All the all these senators and representatives just ran away from them almost overnight. Wow! And uh, and we won. Now we haven't totally won because uh, there's still lots of things that are hurting the internet. But um, that's that's where I feel responsibility. I feel responsible responsible because I know how much this has benefited me, and I get to see. Like I said, I'm on the front lines as an investor these days. I get to see the kids who are doing even cooler things. Who are going to do even bigger and better things, and I don't want to lose that. I don't want to miss out on so much innovation because we fuck it up. Because it's it's partly in debt. Like it's partly that I feel indebted, but it's partly because I just want better stuff. I want better music, and I want better. I want better politics. I want better technology. And the internet is a gateway for that. Do you think the internet is safe? Do you think it's passed through that? No. No? Definitely not. Uh, what could be done? I mean, how, how, how do you stop this okay. tide? All right. So first and foremost, um, so net neutrality took a huge blow. And, and let me say this. Like, um, I'm fond of saying the world isn't flat. Uh, sorry, Tom Freeman. But the World Wide Web is. And what that means is I can start a website with my buddy. We have no connections. We just have like an internet connection and some laptops. And we can build something that nine years later will have more traffic than the New York Times or CNN. And that works because all, all bits are created equal. You can get to my brand new website, reddit.com, you know, nine years ago, just as easily as newyorktimes.com. And you get to decide, do I want to go to Reddit or do I want to go to New York Times? It's just as easy to get to. We are now in a position where cable companies, because they basically have um, oligopolies, right? There's only a handful of them, um, want to break this. They don't want the internet to be flat. They want it to look like your cable. They want you to have a basic package, right, where you get you get Bing search for free because they've made a deal with Microsoft. If you want Google, it's an extra $10 a month, but it's a really good search engine, so you'll you'll pay for it, right? But then if you want, if you want you know, Joe Sixpack's new search engine, well, that's, that's going to be an extra 50 but you probably don't want that anyway. And so now the entrepreneur, the upstart, the nobodies in the apartment have a much smaller percentage of the market because they're not part of the default internet package anymore, right? So Bing it'd be is. like trying to start your own cable company. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. And and it Rather it, than just getting a YouTube channel and yes. starting the broadcast. And so what used to be a flat internet will become hierarchical and will like you'll have that cable bill or you'll have that internet bill looking just like your cable bill. And and it's it breaks the foundation of what makes the internet work, all bits being equal. And we're at a point now where judges in the federal courts recently ruled that pretty much we're <laughs> cable companies can have their way now. And, and at this point, my, my buddy um, at The Verge, now he's at Vox, but wrote an article called The Internet is Fucked. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Neil and I really nailed it with this. And he, he basically had a nice little call to arms that was like, listen, at this point, call the FCC. I know it seems ridiculous. Um, call the FCC and let them know they need to give this thing teeth because the internet is a utility. Like it is like electricity. Uh, it is the kind of thing where we all know we need it. 
We couldn't imagine a world without it. And every one of us should have the same open, flat internet no matter what. And, and we're at an interesting time because there was a time in America when, you know, kids in, in New York were playing by radios with electricity and kids in the South were still using candles. Like this, we've seen this disparity before, but, um, we, we, we can change it. We just have to make sure the internet becomes a utility that we know. The last thing we want is the internet only to be available in its fullest form to people that pay for the premium subscription rate. It's bullshit. That's insanity. Yeah. Yeah, it is insanity, and it's it's anti-innovation. I mean, uh-huh. it's and anybody that would want that is just trying to control innovation. That's Absolutely. all. You're just trying to control information. Yeah. Do you think is there a way to stop that at this point in time? I mean, I mean, re- realistically, seriously, call the FCC. You can uh, read the article if you're not totally convinced. He goes in. I mean, it's like 30 pages, but worth reading. Um, but really, that's that's a big part of it. Another part of it is is frankly having representatives in office who understand and will fight for our internet rights. And there aren't a lot of them. There are maybe like six or eight. Now, there's not a lot. And um, I mean, we talked earlier about our uplifting discussion about the future of politics and politicians. But like, that's that's where we're at right now. Unfortunately, uh, that's what it comes down to. And so then, you have to call the FCC. That's the only way yeah, to sort of get and, something to happen. And and call. I mean, having here's here's the other thing I hope can come out of this. Right, the first political thing I ever got involved with was Sopa Pippa. And that was a dangerous thing for a lot of us to get involved with because it worked out so well. Like, we actually did the thing democracy was supposed to do, which is let a bunch of informed citizens take action, phone calls, petitions, letters, all that stuff, and change people's minds in the face of millions of dollars in lobbying. And we did it. And it was a, it was a great high, especially for, like, a first foray into politics. But the fact is there are many more of those fights that we need to keep fighting. And, like... I want, I, I hope a more connected, I hope a more connected citizen feels entitled to this kind of stuff. I hope we feel entitled to more transparency from our government. I hope we feel entitled to like, like to pick on Kim. Like we can look on Kim's Instagram right now and see what she's having for breakfast or what she had for lunch. And that's ridiculous. Like that's, that's absurd, but it's accessible to millions of people right now, 24 seven. I want that same level of accountability for the people who represent me in government for my government. Uh, and there's no reason why we can't get it. We just need to be asking for it. Yeah, but not necessarily the seeing their lunch, yeah. but yeah, seeing <laughs> the, their, the bills that they're working on and what's Man. going on at any given moment. They probably having us. they should have twenty four hour cameras on them. Fuck it, fuck it. Let live, me read your email, stream. bitch. I can't <laughs> they, edit your email, but to, I can read them. They get to read ours, so they're already it's reading only them. Fair. It's only fucks. Fair. Um, tell me about Aaron Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. Um, so he was in the same round of Y Combinator. Uh, that Steve and I were. He was working on a startup called Infogami. Um, we didn't talk a lot then, um, but maybe six months after, um, he his company had pretty much folded. His co-founder went back to Denmark. And Paul Graham, who organized Y Combinator, was like, hey, Steve, Alexis, you guys need more developers. Why don't you work with Aaron? And we acquired his company. He moved in with us. We worked together for a little bit. Um, we, gosh, a few, not long thereafter, got acquired. Um, once we got acquired, it was clear Aaron was not not really that into it, and he left. And we stayed in touch for a little bit thereafter, but not long. Uh, and then he got really into politics, uh, really started getting involved in a lot of that great work for the open internet. Um, we shared a lot of common friends, and you know, he he did some very he did some very unfairly punished things, like. He, the, the entire thing, he, he broke into a storeroom at MIT, 
um, downloaded using MIT's credentials a bunch of these documents, uh, research papers, JSTOR. Like these are academic articles. Mm -hmm. Downloaded a bunch of them and um, and put them online. Right? Well, he didn't actually put them online, um, but he did download them. And there was presumed intent, but none of that. That was all presumed. And uh, the state or, or the prosecutor there in Boston came down so incredibly and unjustly hard on him. Uh, the charges they were levying. I mean, I, I don't know much more than what probably most people have read a few of the articles know. Um, but he was looking at some very, very, very long, serious uh, jail time for this. Um, it was one of those very clear, the punishment did not fit the crime situations. They wanted to make an example of him. And um, he very tragically took his own life. Um, so Rather than risk going to jail, was he prosecuted? Um, what is that? Like, he, did they go through and oh, charge him? And yeah, uh, I mean, did he? I, I believe, did he get found guilty? Oh no, this is I. I don't know enough about okay, the legal stuff of it. I but, understand. Um, he was he was being investigated. His friends, his family were being subpoenaed and questioned. And what, these papers that he put. Uh, were they available? Could you get those? Yes, yes if. So, so they weren't secret. No. What it is, this is this is one of those really unjust things. Um, there's a lot of research that's done, like federal research, for instance, that's funded with our taxpayer dollars that end up getting locked up in these ad, like um, academic journals that you have to pay a subscription for. So in this case, MIT had paid the subscription for it. It's a non-trivial amount. And, and he was able, anyone on the MIT network, anyone at probably any major university network or anyone who wanted to pay could view these research documents. He argued that, you know what, this is, this is content we paid for, right? This research was funded by our tax dollars. Why should I have to pay a subscription to some random company who has the monopoly on access to this content? Right. And um, that, is what, that is what they charged them with. Um, and I mean, I'm much sorry. Well, that, that is that is those are the grounds on which he was charged. So it was a felony because he was breaking and entering into the system. Uh, I I need to, I, I, I am think, not certain. But pretty I sure that's so. what the argument is. So and, um, and then there were some really egregious, uh, like the there are there have been a handful of developers or, or hackers that have been sort of made examples of by the government where you have these instances of doing things that were not like, like I said, the severity of the, the punishment did not even come close to the actual crime, especially in this instance where, like I said, this was not actually distributed. He was just downloading them, which again, he could do within the network, but it was technically breaking the, I don't know, the, the, the license, I guess, of that JSTOR. That seems but, crazy. And the company, oh, I guess, okay. And, and one so of the, he's not even like a random outside guy. Like he had access to those files. Yeah, at the university, I mean, any university student did. And, and I think the most egregious, well, one of, okay, there are a lot of egregious things, but the company JSTOR had actually settled up with him. They had actually said, you know what? We understand, like, okay, it's cool. We don't want you to press charges. So, like, oh they actually God. told the government, don't press charges, and and they continued. And um, So is that, um, like, a prosecutor that just wants to get a win? Is that what that is? That is that is what it looked like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, That's bone-chilling. And that takes us back to what we were talking about earlier, about private prisons and about people making sure that there's jobs for wardens and mm. prison guards and they're making sure that certain drug laws stay illegal or stay on the books god yeah it's the same thing people profiting off of other folks the idea of someone just wanting to win when they're a prosecutor just getting a case and wanting to close it and make an example and then there's pressure on you to close that case and if you don't you set a precedent yeah if the guy gets off then the precedent has been set so it becomes a competitive environment yeah 
motherfucker and some young guy's life is on the line. It's a, and I, and I understand, I understand the role. I, I mean, like I understand the role of laws and I understand the role of a justice system. And, and when you see things like that, that seem to fall, that seem to go so far astray from the intent, from the point of having a, just the system is really important, but to have it be so just fucked up like Mm -hmm. that is, um, is sad, is very, very sad. Yeah. It's, um, it's another symptom of this mad, mad civilization that we're a part of, Mm -hmm. like the good things and the bad things, they all come together and. Law as it is and things, these really rigid ideas of what's legal and illegal, what the punishment can and can't be, is those things are so goddamn archaic. Mm. Mandatory minimums. Mm. Mandatory minimums are fucking archaic. I mean, it's one thing if it's violent crime. Mm. I understand that entirely. Mm. I understand sure. when you're making a victim out of someone or you're stealing things from them with violence. I get that. But something like this, where the guy's just, it's information. What's he doing with his information? Is he going to take down the government? No, no, no. He's going to let people learn. Mm. Okay, hold the fuck up. Yeah. Can someone in the room stand up and yeah. be like, hey, guys. You want to put this guy in a cage? Does this make sense? Who, yeah. You got a super genius who has some incredibly strong morals and ethics when it comes to information. And to him, he feels, and you got a guy who's at the cutting edge of technology, one of the mm. guys who helped invent RSS feeds. Yeah. He's at the cutting edge of the distribution of information, and he finds this to be a toxic flaw in this system he wants it whether he's right or wrong you don't have to put him in a fucking cage like no. th- this is the idea that this is the right thing to do it's just it's shocking it's like it's like inquisition style shocking it's like the same thing as uh, any of the other ridiculous archaic things that we don't do anymore yeah it's fucked man and hopefully hopefully we can learn from this i know you know god Ar- i hope so aaron's law uh, was a bill. I don't know. I don't know where it got in the house. Um, but I hope, I mean, this is look right. Like the, the, the thing that gives me hope is that the system is, is, uh, like re- it's like code and that you can, you can update it. You can do a source revision. Like you can, you can update this, right? We can make amendments. We can change things. if We find that they are wrong. And Aaron's law is a way to hopefully do that, um, but you got to get a bunch of people who don't understand the internet to agree on something. Well, what's incredibly ironic is solution is Reddit. Have court cases decided Mm. through Reddit. Whoa. It's perfect. No, there's not whoa because the uh, the <laughs> alternative is whoa. The fact that we're using this archaic system huh. of a judge fucking has a mallet and slams it on a piece of wood. What are you doing, asshole? You got a mallet? Get the fuck out of here with you. Why don't you have a, a, a fucking bow and arrow too and shoot a flaming arrow through the sky to let us know that the games have begun and a guy next to you has a conch shell. <laughs> and put your powdered wigs on, you fucking assholes. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with a mallet. You can't keep using a mallet, stupid. Bang, bang, bang. Get the fuck out of here with that stupid, archaic nonsense. Reddit's the answer. No more judges. Get them out. Court of Reddit. Subreddits. Karma points. Subreddits. We have subreddits. Subreddits agriculture. Should we be able to grow hemp? Yes. Boom. We're done. We're done here. That's a Scrape that one up. Yeah. On to the next one. Okay. Should this guy go to jail because he distributes information that was freely available to college students? No. Okay. We're good. Let him out. What's next? But you would run into the problem if there would be somebody that had like a stutter or something like that, or if the joke turned on them, then everyone would vote just because of the wrong reason. You know how the internet is. What? Meaning, like, what if there was somebody that had went, you know, had a court case, and then they were being voted on Reddit, and the guy had, you know, maybe had a stutter or talked like he was gay or something like that? How that could turn and unfairly vote. 
for the wrong reason on the internet. I see that's where the vote ups and vote downs come into play. Yeah, I think most people wouldn't do it. <laughs> I am I am going to be the first to say I am not proposing we throw out our justice system in favor. Of <laughs> I <Reddit>. am. <laughs> I'll be the first to say I am. All right. I'll throw out the justice system in favor of Reddit. I think it's a better idea. I think. Look, there, there certainly should be experts in all areas, whether it's mm-hmm. experts on the environment or, and uh, un uninfluenced experts, experts that have no tie to the political machine, experts mm. who have no aspirations. Not only that, preclude them from uh, having any office. sort of off, yeah. yeah, any sort of position of power or right. any sort of gigantic job inside a corporation. Like mm. what we're seeing. Did you see the movie Inside mm. Jobs? Did you ever see that? Wait, I feel like I did. It was on the financial crisis, fascinating documentary. Oh, no. No, really good stuff. All right, um, Netflix. Let me let me pull it up. Yeah, you you want to watch it? But one of the interesting things about it was how they highlighted how these people that made economic policy, these professors, mm-hmm. they recommended these positions that you know we we apply to our economy. <laughs> then they would go on and get these huge jobs afterwards and make mm-hmm. fucking millions of dollars. What an interesting coincidence! Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> it's one of the grossest things ever. It's a really good documentary. It's from two thousand and ten. Uh, and uh, it's by a guy named Charles Ferguson. And what's mm. interesting is this uh, Charles Ferguson guy is, I believe he's the guy that's doing all of all of the uh, the questions. I'm sh- I shouldn't say that because I'm not really sure, but whoever the guy is that's the narrator, mm. you don't see him always questioning people, but always questioning people. He's so knowledgeable about how the system mm. actually works that he catches these these like mathematicians and these economics experts being really arrogant. And then he, f- he faces the, them with the truth, and you see them scramble and start to sweat. And I should have never agreed to this interview. Like you see them realize, you're, you do what you're going to do with this, and you see them like fall apart and panic, yeah. and they fall into this like really sort of uh, aggressive state. It's it's quite fascinating. Nice job. All right. It's really good, All right. and it just shows you like that it's it's a mess. Reddit it up, fix it. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Vote up, vote we're, down. We're solving problems, man. I think we are, dude. We're solving problems. I feel problems. good about it. I feel good about this conversation. <laughs> I think we should end here before it gets as, bad. As long as, uh, as long as we just remember, uh, there's going to be a mascot, right? We're going to keep the the Reddit alien going. I like the. That's a great okay. mascot. It's cute. Yes. It's sweet. It doesn't well, look mean. Have you ever thought about? I mean, this is probably what happened to Dig and a couple other uh, similar sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, just redesigning the whole thing and fucking been, it all up. Has there have been you thought some, about fucking uh, it all? Do we want to fuck everything? No, I mean, up. but what if it was just an option, almost like a like you can go in your settings and go, oh, new. I'll style, take the modern. You know? I mean, look. have you ever thought about it? At we all, we've definitely thought about modernizing it. Um, at, part of it's just inertia, like. You're you're dealing with growth all the time. You're dealing with all this other stuff. It's like, oh, do we want to rethink how the front page looks? I there have been small improvements. We just added trending subreddits, which are pretty damn cool, um, to try to help people realize that there are these thousands of different communities they should dive into. Um, uh, but I wouldn't expect any big changes. I mean, for the reasons we were just joking about, right. like, we, yeah, we don't, if there's it's not no broke, need. You know, I mean, it's a content distribution network. Mm. I mean, you're 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 face, you're essentially you're allowing people to like really cleanly, easily find them something they're interested in mm-hmm. in a text form and then go there. Yeah, it's the best way. Make it light, keep it light. And I mean, look, yeah. the, it's not like there was some minimal vision. Like when we graduated from college, Steve and I just sucked at HTML and CSS. Like <laughs> this was the first real web app we'd ever made. We'd made websites, but never like a fully featured web app. And uh, we just weren't very good. So like that's Verdana, actually cool. That was my fault. That, that shitty font we used, Verdana. That's that's. I was like, oh, this would be a great <laughs> font my for us to use. Font. Did you originally buy it. the domain? Were you the first one? Yes, sir. Uh, what was it originally purchased for? Oh, it was it was un it was unused. 
Just, 9, 9.99 like, on Dreamhouse. Where'd you get Dreamhouse. the name? Uh, oh, I was name. I was in the library at UVA, Alderman Library, Wahoo Wah, and uh, and I was trying to come up with uh, something that involved the word read, and I was like r- read it, like I read it on Reddit. And, and then I tried different ways of spelling it, and R-E-D-D-I-T worked because no one had it. And I also registered R-E-D-I-T-T, but then I asked my friend Melissa, I was like, which one of these makes more sense for a bastardization of Reddit? And she was like, I'll go with the two Ds, idiot. And I was like, That's hey. great, man. Well, listen, it's, it's, what you guys did was nothing short of a cultural revolution, I think, in my opinion. I think well, it's, it's one of the key components today online as far as like, the, uh, like, like an asset to distribute information to to spread cool shit and to let people you know have like intelligent discussions about it in a really rational way of filtering out the fuckheads mm-hmm. you know it's pretty genius stuff man well uh thank, thank god you. you're here i'm i am happy we could do it because uh, i'll tell you man it, it it was just we were just trying to live like college students for as long as we could <laughs> your book is without their permission is it available in audio did you do an audible oh, yeah. version of yeah, it I did, did you audible. did it you was, get to talk it was great yeah did they let actually, you do it I, yeah they did oh they that's encouraged beautiful me, oh I, that's so good it was for the bane impression once they, they knew i could do a bane sometime. impression what's your bane impression <laughs> i mean i it, it doesn't matter what you think of my bane impression Mm. No, oh, it's not bad. Oh, I know impression humor is like the lowest form of no, humor. It's not the lowest form. Uh, I don't believe in that, man. I think prop, if you got an impression, comedy. it's hilarious. Prop it's fucking comedy. hilarious. The people are so pretentious when it comes to that. Can we had a laugh track. Nope. Yes. Oh, no, we already had a laugh track. He was laughing. <laughs> That's, right. That's the laugh track. Thank okay, so without their permission and uh, audible.com, yeah. do you have the an audio version, oh, yeah. a real version? Uh, Amazon, sell it everywhere. It. Ebook, oh, yeah. Ebook, All dead that. trees, everything. Mm-hmm. And how would your grandfather say it? Ohanyan. Ohanyan. Alexis Ohanyan. And props for keeping the name Alexis. Good Hell for you, yeah. man. Fuck the haters. Hell yeah. Let them rot. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That's a wrap. Anything else to tell people? No, thank you for having me, man. Thanks for being on it. It's been an honor. Reddit.com, R-E-D-D-I-T. Go get on it, bitches. And uh, onit.com, uh, our sponsor. Uh, thanks to Onit. Use the code word Rogan. Save 10% off any and all supplements. Thanks also to LegalZoom.com. Use the code word Rogan at checkout and save yourself some money. Brian Redman, where you at? Uh, next week, we'll be going on the road with Death Squad with Tony Hinchcliffe and Tiffany Haddish. We're going to be in Portland, Oregon, April 18th at the Fun House, April 19th, Seattle at the Highline, and April 20th, 420 show at the Edgewater Casino. And also, if you go back, you can listen to Point List number four. Uh, we actually had you on, uh, at, on a Death Squad show uh, back in the day. Boom, shalak, lock, boom. All right, um, we'll be, uh, this Friday night, we'll be at the Ice House. Tonight. Yeah, Shit. tonight. That's tonight. Yeah, tickets, a couple and tickets left. Who else is there with us? Uh, we got Tony Hinchcliffe, Karina, Christina Pajitsky. Jesus Christ, what a uh, show. Justin Martin. What a show! Nick Yusuf. What a show! Uh, Dave Taylor. Oh, what a show! <laughs> and there's only 80 people in the room. It's, yeah. a, it's a fucking amazing little venue at the Ice House. The oldest comedy club in the country, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Uh, it's been a comedy club since the 1960s. Like, I believe 1961 or something like that. Anyway, we'll be there. Uh, don't get too weird with us, though. Uh, thanks uh, to everybody else and uh, a lot of fucking uh, good shit coming up next week. Uh, I got uh, Amy Schumer's coming in again. Um, I got a lot of stuff happening. You also got the new Twitter profile, and I'm so jealous. Why is it hard to get? Huh? Yeah, it's, it's only been slowly released to a few people. Oh well, did I get lucky? Yeah. Hmm. Look at that. You got the maybe new. somebody like loves Facebook me. Now. Wait a minute. Maybe somebody loves before. me, Brian. Yeah, uh, might now. not be lucky. Maybe somebody loves me. Why you gotta hate? <laughs> 
All right. Um, we, we, we love you guys, even if you get a whack-ass Twitter profile. Nothing but love for you. Facebook. Big kisses and hugs all around. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Big kiss. Bye. Bye. Ugh.